You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, This week, we are kicking off a month-long series on the Indiana Jones movies and talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Help me talk about it. I'm joined by two top men. First up is the host of the Cobwebs Podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, It's Daniel Epler. Daniel, how you doing? It's not the years. It's the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> and i feel like we've done a lot of podcasts at this point <laughs> the mileage is high on our podcasting um but yes uh how's it going thanks for being here <laughs> oh thank you so much i'm so happy to be here indiana jones has been a huge part of my life ever since i can remember this is one of those movies i have no idea when the first time i saw it was so very excited to finally talk about it for sure <laughs> yes i'm excited too uh and next up we're also joined by someone who's been a frequent guest on this show one of the uh, biggest Spielberg fans that I know. Uh, I'm glad he could join us. It's James Connington. James, how you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? <laughs> We're doing great. I'm excited hey, to man. be here. The great Spielberg. Yes. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> You're improving this? Yeah. <laughs> we had no, a I was quoting ready. the movie. Come on. Uh, whatever. I, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> I was improving. Yes, and this. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, but yes, we've reunited the infamous maybe jaws team from the cobwebs podcast that just came out weeks ago i brought i'm just gonna get right to it because i don't know who else to bring it about my <laughs> my jaws rating um but yes mm-hmm. i'm glad we could all podcast again together so soon yeah you're lucky <laughs> i was debating coming back well i'm glad i'm glad you aren't holding a grudge against me I mean, I can't hold a grudge. I feel like you've made my podcast infamous now. And, you know, there's no such thing as bad press. A click is a click. So um, we've really the hate listens have really skyrocketed our show. So I appreciate it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like like Daniel said, a listen is a listen. If they're only there to hear you shame yourself. (laughs) Doesn't matter. To hear you shame yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Oh God! For giving a movie an almost Dang. perfect rating, <laughs> not like giving it one star. That's the part <laughs> I think is the funniest. I was like making the case all time, guys. Great movie, really love it. Come came to love it. Just not five stars, and that just mm. not good. I enough. mean, you okay. might as well have not even given it any stars, negative stars. You know, whatever. You know what, James? Technically, you gave it zero stars. So <laughs> there you true. go. This is true. This is true. What? That's why I also don't have to worry about this. I know. Oh, God, you're really it. making the case of me not to rate things on Letterboxd because it's just then nobody knows. It's a mystery what I what exactly. I like or don't like. Um, 
anyway, I had to get that out of the way right off the bat. <laughs> so, um, but yes, Raiders Lost Ark, very big movie. Going to be talking about all the Indiana Jones, yeah, Indiana Jones movies this coming month before Dial of Destiny comes out, um, which I'm crossing my fingers will be good. I'm, I, I am excited. Every time I see the trailer and they start playing the Indiana Jones theme, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like any, any, anything where I'm like, I don't know. They start playing that theme and I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be all fine. So, um, excited about that. This will all lead up to covering that movie when it comes out. Um, so I hope you're all excited for Indiana Jones talk. But uh, before we get Indiana Jones, uh, talk about stuff we've seen lately. Maybe in case you don't like Indiana Jones, there's still stuff for you on this podcast. We can talk about <laughs> other movies we've seen. So, um, Daniel, I'll go to you first for what you've seen lately. Yeah, I've got a couple of new releases I was looking forward to talking about. Uh, this first one is called Bury the Bride. It is a Tubi original horror movie. And the reason I checked it out is because it actually played at Panic Fest, which is a horror film festival. It's in here in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, and I didn't go, but I did kind of keep track of what played. And that that's when I heard good things about, found out they went straight to Tubi. So I checked it out. It's directed by a guy named Spider One, who is apparently the front man of some rock band. But he's also, I was shocked to find out, Rob Zombie's brother. So Rob Zombie's brother directed this movie, Buried the Bride, and it's starring Scout Taylor Compton. Um, so basically what it is, is Scout Taylor Compton is getting married. Uh, she's getting married to a guy who her friends don't know. She kind of met him and had this really quick relationship. And she's uh, going off to this cabin in the woods uh, that her fiance owns with her bachelorette party. And they're going to go have a bachelorette party. Uh, and then, so all of the friends are like uneasy about this. They don't want to go out into the woods. They don't know why they're doing that. They don't know about this guy that she's marrying because he's apparently some kind of a, a country boy and they're all city girls. Uh, but they go to this cabin, some drama ensues, and then her fiance and his friends show up. And that's kind of as far as I want to go. Cause this is a movie that really thrives on keeping you guessing. But one thing that I really loved about the movie is the actors who play the fiance and his friends are so authentic for being down home kind of hillbilly like country boys. And it's not unrealistic because like the guy who plays her fiance is a good looking guy, but he's such a grungy country boy. And it's like to a degree I'm not used to seeing in movies. It was I thought their performances were so good, but I thought it was a really fun horror movie. You almost think it's kind of setting up to almost just exists to be some kind of a metaphor. I've seen a lot of indie horror movies like that lately, but it's not that it's got some really fun horror up its sleeve. It's low budget. Apparently they shot it in a week. Um, and sometimes you can tell, but they do have a good script and they have good actors. Uh, so I thought it worked. So if people uh, have a Tubi subscription, which, Hey, it's free. I want to check that out. I enjoyed it. I've never even heard of this. I know how did how this get on your radar that it was coming out. You just go on Tubi and see it or, no, it's because of Panic Fest, because I was keeping oh. track of what played there and I heard good things about it and I found out it went straight to Tubi. So I'm like, hey, it's free. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were fine. It was like a podcast mentioned it and it was that Panic Fest. I, okay, I had not even heard of that. I like Scout Taylor Compton. Um, I kind of wish she got to be in more stuff, but I, you know, that's, that's interesting. Cause I, I think it'd probably fall under the radar if it's like a Tubi exclusive. I feel like I barely hear about the things that hit like Netflix and Hulu, you know, like they barely right, promote that yeah. stuff. So I don't know what Tubi's doing to promote uh, that, but. Uh, James, you've heard of this one? Uh, I, okay, I don't know if I've heard of this one. Does he have another one, or is this his only one? Because I have heard of him making a movie, but does he? He does. Have two? He made a movie last year, so he's okay. put out two in two years. Uh, it's called Allegoria. That that's the one that I've heard of. Okay, 
Yeah, and it's also starring uh, Chris Fox, who actually wrote this movie. And she's like kind of the co-star with Scout Taylor Compton, and she's really good in it. But okay. I haven't seen that other one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them. But I, I remember Allegoria coming out and it, Spider One being because I actually you were saying all that stuff <laughs> about Spider One and like I I know him as Power Man Five Thousand singer. Like oh okay, I grew, cool. I grew up oh, with that's... Rob Zombie and <laughs> Power Man Five Thousand. Like I've seen them live a few times. You know, so okay. It is I... just funny how much he's falling in his like. First, it was Rob Zombie playing music, and right. then he was playing music, and then Rob Zombie's making movies. Now he's making movies. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Wow, that's a real blast in the past because I haven't thought about Power Man Five Thousand yeah. in a long time. That's uh, I love that big uh, single they had. That I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, but like, uh, because there's sure. one. Like the I, one I don't of, know the names of any songs. I know who knows, but even uh, then didn't. Hey, also, I know he was Rob Zombie's brother at all. That's uh, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Um, what else have you seen? So I finally checked out Ben Affleck's Air because it just hits Prime Video. Missed it in theaters, but it just hit Amazon Prime for free if you have that subscription. And uh, and yeah, this is I think Preston's talked about it on your show before, but it's basically the story of how Nike got Michael Jordan to sign with them so they could produce the Air Jordan. Um, and I really enjoyed this movie. It's totally just like a totally solid dad movie, but in such a good way. I feel like Matt Damon, he just kind of becoming a king of dad movies these days between <laughs> this Ford versus Ferrari. I just love to watch Matt Damon be good at his job. That's and like work really hard at his job and achieve something that seems impossible, whether he's building a Ferrari, buying a zoo, signing Michael Jordan. I'm all about it. And, uh, and I, I really enjoyed the movie. It's got a ton of good performances. It's got a great script. I love Ben Affleck at this phase of his career as an actor because it seems like a lot of the time he's like less interested in being an actor and he just wants to be like this kind of kooky character on screen that he always is just like this Ben Affleck persona, whether he's in a Dunkin Donuts commercial or he's in this um, he's so entertaining. Like he is such a great character actor. And I thought he was so funny in this movie. So, I mean, air is probably not going to make my top 10 of the year. I didn't think it was an amazing movie, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like it's kind of a testament to to the movie that my wife watched it all and enjoyed it, despite the fact that it's a very dude centric movie, which is not really her thing. So it's got pretty mass appeal, I think. I, I watched it as well. I don't know, James. You did you watch it as well this weekend? No. Okay. Sorry. Well, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can't join us in our air talk. No, I. Yeah. <laughs> I think I liked it even more than you did, Daniel. I was shocked how much I enjoyed this movie. For like, I mean, you know where it's going to end up. Because, you know, he got Michael Jordan, Air Jordans, obviously. Um, The story is very interesting. I didn't know how much they went through to try to get Michael Jordan or how crappy the Nike basketball division was. They were just like making running shoes in the early 80s. Um, Everybody's really good. I thought everybody in the movie pops up, even for like a scene. Like Chris Tucker comes in, Chris Tucker like steals every scene he's in. Viola Davis shows up as Michael Jordan's mom. Like she's really good. Ben Affleck is having a lot of fun i think playing the ceo of nike phil i think his name is phil knight um matt damon's great i mean most of the movie obviously revolves around him he's like yeah total dad mode he looks like a dad he just like he's like he's like embracing the dadness of it all um yeah i was i was like wow i really enjoy this movie it moves along really well 
It's very entertaining. Ben Affleck is doing needle drops like every time the scene changes, which I was kind of like so much I, 80s music. Yeah, so much 80s music. I love 80s music, so I was on board. But it was like it was becoming like comical after a while because it was like scene change, new 80s song. Like let's go. <laughs> like, um, and I was like, how much money they spent on music for this movie? My God, like the music budget was that, and they're all like pretty recognizable 80s songs. It's not like some obscure stuff. So, um, it's very slick. Uh, I almost felt bad rooting for like a movie. <laughs> that a big corporation made also another by another big corporation. It's like an Amazon movie about Nike. It's like, Jesus Christ, this kind of feels wrong, but it's really entertaining. <laughs> so they do yeah. kind of frame it by the end of it also being about a change in the industry towards more of the shoe profits going towards the players and their families. Right. Yeah. And that really worked. And it also worked for me that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon made this movie because I don't know a lot of the specifics, but I've heard they have, and it's kind of topical regarding the writer's strike, they have a pretty revolutionary profit sharing system with their movies that they are better than a lot of other producers and such about sharing the money with all the people that work on the movies. I don't know a lot of specifics about it, but that's kind of what I've heard. So they kind of walk the walk in terms of making a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate they're just like taking Amazon's money and making like really expensive adult kind of drama or comedy, like, because yeah, I think Ben Affleck was talking about it like that. Uh, Cause everyone's like, Oh, how did air costs? Like, a hundred million dollars or however, how much it costs because everything was paid up front because there's no residuals. Um, and Ben Affleck was saying like, they got Robert Richardson to do the cinematography. He's a great cinematographer. And he's like, you're going to get paid all this money up front, like to come work for us. Like he's really making it a sweet deal for everybody. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's so I appreciate it. They're just like, give us that money. If it's done, we're going to go make this movie. Cause no one's getting back end money. They're paying it all up front. So, um, yeah, I had a really good time with Air. I was surprised like, how much I really enjoyed it. <laughs> like for being a movie, where I'm like, I know where this is going to end up. Like, what are they going to do? But it was everyone seemed like having a good time. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad I, I waited. I was I really want to see it in a theater, and then I saw I was going to hit Prime like really soon afterwards. I was like, I'll just wait. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good time. James, check it out. <laughs> oh, I will. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll get to it. At some point, yeah, um, add it to the list. I, oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh, always adding things to the list. I understand. Um, never ending. It it really is never is. Um, <laughs> so, always growing. Oh, I, I can't knock anything off the list. I don't understand. Like I'm watching movies, the list is not going down. So well, it's because you added five more. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm not even adding that much. I don't know. I think I'm adding stuff in my sleep or something. Uh, I'm just Guys, like waking I'm, up and I'm gonna blow your mind. Watching movies, it's about the journey, not the destination. That's true. How about that? You're right. You're You're so wise. (laughs) Wise beyond his years. I am the baby of the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you anything else you want to talk about? Or was it? No, not really. I mean, I got started on the Severin's new Italian Gothic box set. I watched Monster of the Opera. It's weird and crazy and not that great. Um, I'm looking forward to better movies in that set. I watched a really good uh, 1940s Western, if anyone's interested in that. And if you like Indiana Jones, you should be uh, starring uh, or called Canyon Passage starring Dana Andrews. That's really, really good. That's a Preston Mitchell favorite. Um, but yeah, that's the big stuff. So I'm happy okay. to defer to the biggest movie guy here, James Coddington. <laughs> yes, that's my new name. <laughs> the biggest movie guy. The uh, <laughs> Both in size. Twitter handle change. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> The biggest uh, movie guy. And uh, amount of movies not watched. Um, let's see. Uh, I've watched some stuff. 
I've watched a handful of movies. Okay, so I've mentioned to y'all outside of the podcast, uh, haven't been like, ever since we did the Spielberg marathon episode, I've been super rough, like, in terms of like finding any groove of like watching movies and like just feeling in movie mode. It's never, I, I, I haven't felt it once this year, ever since I finished that marathon. I'm sorry that broke you. Was, I feel I, It did. It, it kind of <laughs> broke me and I haven't come back still. Now it's not like that. I, I'm enjoying watching movies coming back and, I, but mostly I'm revisiting stuff randomly and I'll throw in a, a movie that I not, and not even usually a new movie. It's more like catching up with something like, one of the movies I watched this last week was the French dispatch, which I missed when it released, you know, it was like, I guess COVID time kind of, and like, you know, so much came out and went and I, this was one that I didn't catch up with until this week. And I, uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I like all of Wes Anderson's movies to varying degrees. I love a lot of them. Actually. I mean, he's, I, I like him a lot. Um, and I like this one a lot. You know, it's, have y'all seen it? Yeah, I, I actually did. saw it in theaters when it came out. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Did you, Matt? I did. I did see. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it sometime last year, I think. Because I was on okay. a Wes Anderson kick like last year. I was trying to finish up everything I hadn't seen. Um, and that was one of yeah. them. And it's yeah, funny because was... I, th- I still oh, think it's ahead. good. I was gonna say I feel it's I think it's it's a good movie. I had a friend just watch it too randomly. He texted me mm-hmm. about it. Um, it was like he kind of felt the same way because he's like, This looks really good, the cast is super stacked, but I'm not really into the story and i kind of felt the same way i think maybe because it's anthology i don't know mm-hmm. like i but i liked it I, it's funny because like his worst movie is still like better than so many other people's movies so, yeah yeah definitely it's for good. me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like him a lot and I, I like this one a lot and i too well you know i i knew i heard going into it that it was anthology-ish you know uh styled kind of a little bit and i kind of tuned out a little bit during the uh political Teenagers, oh, the school, yeah. with, Timothy Chalamet, uh, yeah, the Timothy Chalamet one, and um, who else? What's the woman? I can't even think. I'm like literally blanking on her name. <laughs> I can't remember. Francis, is that Francis McDormand? <laughs> yeah, it's Francis McDormand. <laughs> All blurs together. <laughs> How dare me? Um, but uh, yeah, so like, I really liked the first one with uh, Leah Sadu and is it Benicio de Toro? Uh, yes. I thought that one was really good. And Adrian Brody. I, 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 I feel like Adrian Brody is kind of like a joke to a lot of people on like online you mm-hmm. know but I like him and every time i see him pop up in these west henderson movies specifically um anyway i liked him here and i liked the oh what was the one after the political one see this is my problem i cannot help you on this it's, it's the it's the jeffrey wright one much. yes i loved that okay. one and jeffrey wright was so good and like the way he's like telling that whole story and then breaks off in the middle to like stop and ask him you know this thing and then he's like you want me to pick back up right where i was because you know he reads back he's got what is it not photographic but like he can remember his written words or whatever Mm -hmm. thing so he's basically just reciting his whole story back (laughs) i don't know i i enjoyed it i thought it was really good i mean it's obviously wes anderson e you know his style that he has kind of adapted to when did He's. I was thinking about this recently. When did he start doing that? Like, cause you know, like Bottle Rocket and even Rushmore are more like, quote unquote, normal. You know, or filmed like more normal. And then is it like maybe even Royal Tenenbaums? Is it Royal like Tenenbaums is inching really that way? That? I almost uh, think yeah. it's Steve Zizou where it really gets hardcore. If I remember yeah. right. Yeah, I agree. Is, I think it's it's like there's flashes of that in 
Royal Tenenbaum. But even that, I was surprised to go back to and watch and be like, oh, this isn't as like mannered as some of his later stuff. I think Life Aquatic is really when it kicks off because I feel like <laughs> I watched that one. I like that movie too, but it kind of feels almost like self-indulgent. I feel like he's gotten better at using the style to, to just kind of tell the story. I feel like he's just really into how that movie looks and how everything's set up. And I mean, he's always like that. For some reason, Life Aquatic, it felt that was kind of all that was going on. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to knock Life Aquatic too much. I need to watch it again. But yeah, definitely, it. I can tell you it starts with Life Aquatic. There's flash of before, but Life Aquatic like, really kicks off, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And I, I got to tell you, I'm very excited for his next movie, Asteroid City, because oh, yeah, I saw the trailer and it looks like the first movie he's made in a while that looks like it has a clear plot. Because, you know, I respect French Dispatch. Um, I, I wasn't that into it because the anthology style didn't really work for me because I wasn't equally interested in each story. I didn't really like Isle of Dogs. I love Grand Budapest. But Asteroid City looks like he's getting back to like crazy style, amazing cast, but also like there's a story there. Mm-hmm. And I'm very mm-hmm. excited for that. It looks really good. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel the same way about that one. So me too. Yeah. Also, was this the first one? Do you what did he ever do? Like this one had French Dispatch had like literal was it was it tableau or like where they were literally you know like frozen images? Did y'all ever see a field in England? I've, no. I've not seen it. Okay, well, they do that in that movie too. Um, you know, know where Ben Wheatley like, movie. Yes. Okay. Where they're like literally still. You know what I'm talking about? Like free. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, like, like, they, like I no pump my moving. fist into the air. I don't, there's, a, there's a term for that. You know, listen, I was just talking about this. Like, I am like a moron. Like, I am so like, whenever I get on here and I start thinking, I cannot think of anything. Like, my brain just loses all of its intelligence. I cannot think of words. Like, my brain is farting constantly. Like, James, you just gave an amazing audio clip right there. Just... I was going to say, this is your Anthony King little clip, like he does on Twitter. <laughs> well it's just no it it blows my mind because this happens to me every single time i feel like like i'll be like trying to say something and like i I can't think of the word or like right on the tip of my tongue and it just always is like i swear anyway there's a term for this well i i have i don't think i've ever even heard this term so the fact that you're trying to remember it puts you over me yeah so yeah someone out there is like oh yeah this stupid you know it's me it's like you know well that's like a generic but like it's the literal you know anyway whatever hey this doesn't even have anything to do with anything so i don't even know why i'm worried about it it's anyway fine. he does it in the movie there's see there's little scenes where it's like they're frozen in place people are like just freaking idiot okay uh, uh i okay french dispatch done i love those frozen in place parts yes they're really cool uh, we'll, we'll talk about this offline We'll circle back to this. Like, uh, I re- <laughs> to get yelled at. What about this offline? Everything else, all rewatches. I rewatched okay. the original Evil Dead. Uh, oh. I also rewatched the 2013 remake. I think I'm out of it now. And how good is that movie, right? That remake? So good. I oh my it. God. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> That's one of the best theater experiences of my entire life. Because at that time, 2013, I had never seen anything half that gory before. Oh, wow. yeah. So it <laughs> rocked my world. It was so it was so fun. Yeah, and it uh, I hadn't rewatched it since probably it came out on Blu-ray or home video release originally. So I you know, it's been years. But I remember really liking it then even though I remember not everyone jiving with it or whatever. But man, this time like I liked it even more. Like I was I, I had just seen Evil Dead Rise and so I was like kind of 
wanted to go back and revisit this because I think me and Matt and Anthony talked about our Evil Dead rankings. Oh, and I hadn't seen 2013 in years, and I hadn't even seen Rise yet. I loved Rise or I had a great time with it. And that's the thing is like it's probably still at the bottom, but it's awesome, you know. Like that that's the kind of series Evil Dead is, but uh yeah, 2013, love it. Loved it even more this time than I remembered loving it. So um rewatch that, rewatch the original Evil Dead, kind of um going through backward, I guess, or like just kind of mixing jumbling them all up, <laughs> going back through them. So we're gonna rewatch uh, my wife hasn't ever seen any of them, so oh, she agreed. Wow. She agreed. <laughs> to watch <laughs> she agreed because i told her that they had you know like sil- she she likes comedy you know it's like mm-hmm. they, they're silly in army of darkness i was like wait till we get to army of darkness really gonna because you know starting with the evil dead original most straightforward of the bunch right but uh uh we just started evil dead 2 and you know it's already like you know the hand and all that stuff right it's right. working for her she likes it so <laughs> did she watch the remake with you oh no Okay, because <laughs> I was like, that's a big leap from absolutely like, not, no. especially for like a new person to be like, oh, that Army Darkness no, was no. fun. What's the next one? Well, the next one is yeah, uh, no, no, one no, of the goriest no. things I've ever seen, and and I don't think really uh-huh. funny at all. If I remember, there's like a couple like funny. It's moments. funny in the way okay. that a script should be funny without being a comedy. Does that okay. make sense? I think so. I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I've I really like that one, but I've only seen it a couple Lute times. Pucci's character is kind of like the comedic element, but he's not like super in like it's like so overtly cruel funny. that it becomes funny okay well that that too but like even some of his dialogue i think is well written like it's really well written like comedic lines that don't feel like they're stupid or like they just they feel like something uh original or like something he might actually say in that given moment but it's also really funny like so it's to me it's a well-written movie too i'm talking about it I agree that the whole idea of them being there to detox a heroin addict is brilliant. It solves so mm-hmm. many problems right off the bat and just gives some immediate stakes. Uh, that just blows me away. It's just yeah. such a good idea. I mean, and it I does really make like it a hard watch. Sorry, I was just going to say yeah. it makes it a really hard watch. I can understand why some people might get turned or not be able to, you know, deal with some of those things because it, it can be tough. But go on. Oh, I like the parts where the people freeze. What do you call that? Oh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna figure this out. Know. We're gonna figure this out before the end of this podcast. Uh, okay, you <laughs> want me to Google it right now? <laughs> you can't. I mean, what is are it you called? Else you want to talk? I guess we're talking movies. about my stuff. If uh, Pablo in film, that's like the only word that keeps talking, you know, popping in my head. I feel like the fact that it keeps coming to you, it must be called Tableau, you know, right? Tableau. Tableau is a like is. data graph making system that we use at my office. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I know that. That I do know. <laughs> yeah, oh, tab- man, I don't know. Yeah, this da, is the da, way I'm do this again. Da, 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 People came for Raiders Lost Ark podcast. <laughs> what the fuck's about a tableau? <laughs> tableau vivant? Does that sound good? Sure. sure. French, French for living picture, a static scene containing one or more actors or models. They are yeah, stationary that's... and silent, usually in costume, carefully posed. Props and or scenery may be theatrically lit. Blah 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 blah. Sure, that's we're it. going we with that. It. Well, I, feel like I just went to film school. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Oh, From a moron. Uh, okay. Uh, I gotta get this thing back. You want on me to track. keep going? Or let's. We should yeah. probably just. You know what? I watched Pop Star. Great oh, movie comedy. You great. Know, like, I almost rewatched it because you posted about it, and then it was like it was way too late to start a movie, and it was like oh, I can't make that mistake. Like it's a short movie, but I was like I don't have 
it's like, but I really, that one clip, I, like, I got to watch Popstar again. I oh, love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. It's one we throw on all the time. And like, you know, my wife wanted to watch it and we threw it on and she fell asleep. And then I just kept watching it. I was like, it's like, it's like I got to finish this. <laughs> um, then last night we rewatched uh, Twilight. Um, yeah. The 2008 movie oh. directed by Catherine Hardwick. I didn't know if you starring. meant that Twilight or a different Twilight. <laughs> Kristen uh, Stewart and uh, Robert Pattinson. Never I heard find of that movie pretty entertaining <laughs> because Robert Pattinson's performance is so insane in it. It's like Nicolas Cage at the peak of his craziness that it's very entertaining to watch. <laughs> it is entertaining. It oh. is. It is a movie. I've I, not saying this like brag I, or be like, I'm cool, but functional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, not the functional. I, no, probably not. No, yeah, not <laughs> functional. But Robert Pattinson's very fun Gotten to watch. Close. <laughs> I, I've never yeah. seen a Twilight movie. Uh, do you feel like you're watching those two actors like check out as the series goes on? Like, or they checked out from the Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson? I feel like they seem like they hate that series so much. I was just I feel like after yeah. a while you could see them mentally. I don't. I, I that's the thing is they keep it together. I think that they're so good. Yes, that they keep it together. They they offline or you know show that how much that they, they thought it was a joke and whatever but in the movies they're he's nicholas caging it up and she's just oh. kind of doing her old you know what she's like used to get like i guess criticized for kind of like just being kristen stewart but that's i, I remember derogatory one, term to me like that's yeah. a good thing for me like even yeah. now watching her and i was like yeah it's kind of you know they're her little weird ticky stuff you know but i don't know i'm, I'm into it i like her weird ticky stuff i thought it's especially even in twilight <laughs> what is that movie she did the kind of ghost movie she's personal saying? shopper personal shopper thank you so uh, good so good i think all her weird little ticks work so well in that movie too it's like they're used like full effect like um that is a really I, very interesting actor um the one thing i remember seeing specifically from twilight is the image of the baby they have which horrifies me to this day. Oh, God. <laughs> weirdest fucking thing i've ever seen somebody let that get all the way to the, the final cut yeah. um god anyway we can't talk yeah, about that's pretty twilight. rough well you know i, <laughs> we I was telling my wife last night too like we were discussing twilight because i was telling her like you know, kind of all the things that I thought were a little weird about it. You know how I don't know. It's that's a little weird, you know. But but I, you know, whatever. I'll watch it. Like you said, it's it's entertaining in strange ways. And uh, um, I read all the books. Um, fun fact: I read the like two and a half. Further proof: I'm a moron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're only half a moron. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they were fine. I like you know. I really enjoyed the first two. I mean, I was like. 14 something like that but uh I dude that was like 20 something <laughs> no shame man no shame I'm i like vampires tonight, you know yeah i like vampires sparkly yeah. vampires vampires with spider monkeys i don't care bring them on i did not expect this podcast to veer into the territory of you both say i have one thing to talk about that's one thing <laughs> one and then we can talk raiders lost Ark. Oh, air cam, cam gigante he's in twilight pro come on Oh, Cam Cam Gigante. <laughs> I think that's how you say his name. I can never, I can never say it. Um, I, uh, I, I about, could be wrong. I don't, we, I don't know. Am you, I wrong? Am I Cam, a moron? G- 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 I, g- I think it's I Cam Gigante. I think. Well, you know, the the you pronounce the D at the end like Gigante, so it sounds like a T. You know, <laughs> whatever, man. We're getting it's into fine. linguistics and something. We're into the, we're really into the weeds here. Um, so what's that movie we we're going to talk about? <laughs> Tableau. Tableau. There are none Tableau. of the Tableau shots in. So he, uh, Daniel brought up air already, which I saw. 
Did anyone know there was another Ben Affleck movie that came out this past weekend? Now, this is Robert Rodriguez, baby. Robert yeah. Rodriguez. So Good I movie. went to the theater to watch this new movie because I was like, so guys, you're my the boy. one. I'm the one that I don't know how much money it made. <laughs> but funny enough, my theater packed for this Sweet. movie. My I'm happy. The in the country I'm happy for packed. them. It, it's probably because they serve good food. I feel like they could, I keep joking. They could pack any. I could put my home movies in there. They, people would show up. Be like, I'm, I'm here for the chicken tenders um, <laughs> because I don't know. What theater like, is this? It's, it's a local chain called like Cinema Cafe. That's, oh, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. They, I, I should partner up with Film Feast. And do <laughs> <laughs> I got to call them and be like, we can, we can work. Together. That's why your podcast is Film Feast. Oh, my God. That's the alliterations. Yeah. Um, no, they, they actually serve. I mean, it's like, you know, burgers and fries and hot. It's like, um, you know, American type food, but it's pretty good for a theater chain. You wouldn't expect. But they're packed all the time. And I was shocked that I. When I first bought my ticket for Hypnotic, nobody else was in the theater. And then I show Wait, up for Hypnotic. What's this movie called? I don't hypnotic. remember. Hypnotic. Hypnotic. Okay. <laughs> uh, I show up for Hypnotic and it's like packed. I guess I sold a bunch of tickets in like the one day. And um, it's it's not good. It's not a good movie. That's a shame. Um, very bummed. I was rooting for Robert Rodriguez. He's always one of my guys. Um, I love to lead a battle, battle angel. I thought that could bring him back. And then he makes Hypnotic, which is rough uh because i was like oh that's cool he's working like an actual studio again he's not doing his own little thing at uh his which i thought was cool at first like, oh he's his own little studio in austin but i think he got a little too insulated at that studio in austin because he starts cranking out spy kid sequels and like they look cheaper and cheaper and it's like maybe you should go back to like actually work in a studio with people um it's it's like a i don't it's so blah it's not even like it looks blah the story is like very generic like just think of a bunch of other better movies you've seen. Can I um, guess? Is there yeah. a list of spies' real identities, and uh, they lose the list, and some bad guys are going after it, and Ben Affleck has to recover it? I guess that happened. That's just, that's just <laughs> the most stereotypical action movie plot, right? No, now. it's Every not that. It's, action it's, movie it's, but that it's plot. a whole thing about like <laughs> a cop a who like loses his daughter. Uh, like she literally gets taken, not killed. She gets like taken away and it's unsolved. They don't know where she is. And Ooh, then it's a gone girl situation, him and his wife, you know, they fall out because of that, the stress in their marriage. And he's like a real, like beat down cop. And like, you know, and Ooh, that's a good vibe for Ben Affleck. But he, I thought it would be too. Like, I like sad Affleck, but after seeing him in air, which was, I think I saw the day, the, the day before it's like completely different energy. He seems very, like checked out in this movie. Um, he seems so into air. Probably because he directed air too. But it's like he, this movie, he just seems like he's everyone's in their sleepwalking, like through this movie. Um, no like pun or joke about it, hypnotic you know, intended. It's just it's very dumb. It's like take like Inception or Tenet, Shutter Island, scanners, like throw them in a blender, like, and it just I don't even know. It's it's just I, it wasn't even like fun bad. It was just like, oh my god, this is so boring. And uh when it ends like a shoulder shrug, like I won't say what happens, but you're kind of like, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> like it's like, uh, oh, look at that. And uh I don't know. I just, I didn't think it was gonna be good, but I just wanted to go support Robert Rodriguez and uh that uh, you know, it's I don't know what I'll say about it. It's just it's so generic. I feel like I've already forgotten most of it. I saw it two days ago. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just like it yeah. Said join the club. Sorry, <laughs> he forgot it too. 
I, yeah, even saw dude, it. <laughs> I am reading the synopsis here on Wikipedia, which is about 18 pages long for some reason. Oh and my god, it it's an exposition machine. It is it is <laughs> like every scene is somebody just explaining more stuff to you and like, oh, the hypnotics can do this, and like uh they throw twists that I feel like they think like what a this is gonna blow your mind. I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't care movie, <laughs> like what you're okay. doing. Matt's what what's better, this or that Hugh Jackman movie? Is it called Reminiscence? Oh, I didn't watch that yet still. Oh, they sound boy. the same to me. <laughs> Reminiscence may be better okay. just for the fact that it's Rebecca Ferguson in it. That there you go. Like, there you uh, go. It's, yeah, I mean, equally forgettable um, and very low energy. Hypnotic is so low energy. I just, like, everybody is just, like, it just feel like, they, and that's not what I think of when I think of Robert Rodriguez. It's not low energy. Even, like, if the movies aren't great, usually they have, like, a, a snappiness to them and they're fun like this is so dull and blah for him i love it's a, it's a motorcycle chase that literally i think it, it starts to chase like oh cool a uh, chase scene it ends in like 20 seconds they just get off the bike that's <laughs> like the the climactic what? i don't know why i just thought of this the climactic fight in that rock movie faster where like they're gearing up to have this oh, big fight and yeah, then yeah, it yeah. lasts like 10 seconds and i'm like oh okay I did just watch that not too long ago, which oh, yeah? I didn't think was great, but I was happy to see The Rock in like a movie that he would not be in now. Like, I, yeah, because it's, I think it's his only R-rated action movie, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, The Rock would not make this movie these days. Like, because I mean, mild spoilers, but it's like one of the first things that happens. He walks into an office like he shoots a guy point blank. And I was like, oh, shit, this is not something The Rock would like. I feel like his team would be like, Rock, we can't have the optics of you shooting this guy. Like, it, you know, I feel like everything about him now is so... <laughs> manicured and like you know oh this looks bad like so th that was fun but otherwise not a great movie hypnotic i don't it's not good I, it's gonna be, also i think by the time stuff comes out it's gonna be on digital i think because i read somewhere it's like <laughs> literally Perfect. two weeks two weeks after the theater release it's gonna be on digital so they really gave up on it i think they were just like just just throw it out there and see what happens so okay so worth that, the 20 rental i got gotcha. you oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah totally you sold me on it buddy <laughs> that and bo is afraid oh god well but was afraid is a lot better than hypnotic. I will say that. You know, actually, I was gonna go. I was gonna go. I don't know what my accent just did. I was. I was going Indy, to go see. I was gonna go. <laughs> I was going to go see. But was afraid. But it was already gone from all of my local theaters. Uh, of so course I watched it was. Rise, you thought that so movie was, was gonna play for a month? Well, I mean, some of my theaters have like you know a lot of theaters, <laughs> a lot of screens. I know what you, yeah, yeah, I knew what you meant. Uh. But anyway, um, dude, dude, uh, Rebel Rodriguez did the music. It was edited by Robert Rodriguez. I will say, when I read Robert about Rodriguez. it, it sounds cool. Like him and all his kids worked on it. Yeah. I didn't realize he had that many kids. I thought he had like two or three sons, and he has like a daughter, four sons. They all did something on the movie. Um, also, they named his kids stuff like Racer and Rocket. Rebel. Rocket Rodriguez. That is that, the coolest like, name I've ever heard in my cool entire name. life. It really is. But I think so, that's, yeah. it's almost like this is like a, an adult version of him letting, you know, that when they did like Shark Boy and Lava Girl and all that, like now they're a little older. And he's like, okay, now, yeah, well, let's all make a adult film, not that kind of adult film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> I know, I know. And this is what happens. <laughs> But apparently, it also says, I don't know how true, you know, it's Wikipedia. Take it with a yeah. salt. He'd written it in 2002. Not that it would have yeah. been better. In yeah, he, read it, he wrote it a long Maybe. time ago. I read. Um, 
I should have let it sit on the shelf. <laughs> like, I kind of feel bad There's because a reason you didn't film it for 20 years. <laughs> if he if he maybe made it then, it would have felt more original because a bunch of the movies he feel like it's taking from came out after 2002. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> like, you know, um, so yeah, the only it's thing I thought was William Fickner, Jackie O'Haley, and Jeff Fahey. And you're telling me that this is I know, a bad movie. I know you hear that cast. That's why I was excited too. It's like, oh, William Fickner's the bad guy. Like, uh, I was happy to see Jackie O'Haley and Jeff Fahey show up, but, um, it's like nothing. They might as well not even be there. It's like they all get <laughs> like Jeff Fahey was kind of like, oh, hey, nice to see you. You're gone. Jackie O'Haley too was like, hey, thanks for stopping by. Um, it's, it's just not great. Don't watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> that movie is the bane of my existence um but anyway also somehow it costs like 65 to 80 million dollars i don't know where yeah, the money went that? i don't know where, i don't know where that happened maybe he's part uh, of that thing that you were talking about he's friends with them isn't he matt damon and ben affleck maybe oh maybe part of that know. production thing but this was supposed to go to theater so i don't know there's no like there's no streaming deal that oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, maybe he paid his kids a bunch of money to work on the movies, <laughs> like you know what? In that case, I'd be fine with it. Um, but anyway, hypnotic, nothing really great to say. I just want to run remind people that it exists because I feel like people are going to forget very quickly that it's even a movie. Um, I think I've when it ended, forgotten. what are we talking about? Hey, Daniel. French Dispatch. <laughs> Have you ever seen Promised Land with Matt Damon? No. Uh, no, I haven't. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Then. I think. I'm pretty sure when Hypnotic ended, the guy who was sitting a couple seats away from me said, "He go, he just went well," and then <laughs> Dude, that that like, is the best. Pull put it on the poster. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, well. It was kind of like, "Well, that happened." <laughs> dot, dot, dot. He said, "Well," and then him and his girlfriend got up and left, and it was like, "Yeah, buddy, I feel the same." Well, yeah. um, uh, anyway, let's talk about a movie that's not forgettable. Dang. Is that yes? Okay, <laughs> you should watch <laughs> Promised Land. Uh, okay, cool. Right. It's pretty good. It's Gus Van Sant movie. Oh, uh, you were talking about I was I had thought of it earlier and I couldn't think of what it was called when you were talking about Matt Damon roles and I, you you spat it off a few movies and I was like what's that one movie? Yeah, we're we're kind of past that point, but okay. No, we are. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. We've moved on, James. It's over. <laughs> you guys seen right, hey, Rounders? Do not watch Promised Land. Take that out. Can we talk about tableaus again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about. We are Rangers building up inside are... jokes on here. Like... I know. God, these inside jokes are getting just crazy. Mm. Um, this is the kind of thing people also complain about on iTunes reviews is they're like, there's too many inside jokes. I don't understand these people. <laughs> but these jokes are all based on this episode. Well, that's Except true. the jokes. Right. Ones. So that's at least one good thing we're doing here. Like yeah. you can get these jokes. You can't give one star. even talked about. We're laying the foundation. Um, <laughs> we should really talk about Raiders. Um, a movie that Speaking of almost then. needs no introduction. Um, how to begin with a movie this famous? Uh, does anyone remember the first time they saw Raiders? Or is it just kind of... Because I feel like it's one of those things that's just always been around. Because we've... I think we're all younger than Raiders, James. I don't want to age you, but I feel like you're... <laughs> okay. I was, <laughs> I was born you... two months after Raiders came out. Okay. So that's, I... What I was, that's what I was going for. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Okay. So we all live in a post Raiders of the Lost Ark world. Post Raiders world. <laughs> We've established that. Yeah. We've established that. Great. End of podcast. <laughs> no. Um, I may have. I mean, I didn't see this when I was super young. I feel like I weirdly came to it a little later, like a teenager on my own. Like I, you know, was just going through all the the big movies I had not seen, like reading like Roger Ebert's great movie books and being like, oh, how have I not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Because again, the time when it's like if it wasn't a tape in your house 
and you didn't catch it on TV, you just may not see Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I didn't see mm-hmm. it till later and was like, oh, I should see that movie. <laughs> and uh, really enjoyed it. A movie, unlike Joss, <laughs> it was like, I'm on board immediately. Joss. I know. You're right, it is I, unlike Joss. It is, that I liked immediately, but I like more that I came to love pretty quickly. But the first time, the first time I was like, that was really good. But then a couple other times I was like, oh no, this is like a perfect movie. That's one of my favorite things. So um, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, James, do you, memories of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Man, I've got all the memories of Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. No, actually, I'm kind of saying like, it is hard thinking back about these old movies so often like, when was the first time I'm trying like I keep stumbling like on like having really good solid memories of like first time watches of older movies that I know I grew up with you know like the only one that ever like really sticks out in my head is Ghostbusters because my family went to the drive-in to see it and I was like three years old so it's also weird that I have that memory like it shouldn't be there because like but I think it was because it scared me so bad is why it's there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the the scene in the library of Ghostbusters. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> so I will never forget. That's like in, you know, grained in my brain, scared the crap out of me because you know I remember being in the car, seeing it in a drive-in. Pretty cool, but also scary. So that's like the only like real good concrete like first viewing of a classic movie that I grew up with. So Raiders is just one that came along and you know was always on in our house, but I don't have like a clear first memory. Although I have lots of good memories of my dad loving it. You know, all the Indiana Jones movies, we watch those all the time. Uh, just, I mean, it's like, it's a dad movie, but it's also just a great oh, movie yeah. too. Like, but it definitely <laughs> falls under dad movie category, you know, easily. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, what's not to love as opposed to Jaws where the, apparently there's some stuff not to love, but I don't know. I mean, it seems pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I like it. Good movie. Oh. Done. <laughs> done this could be a really quick podcast <laughs> i know you kind of said off mic but i think before but you were like i don't remember the first time i saw raiders but so it's always been kind of a part of your life as well i imagine oh yeah very much huge part of my life all the all three indiana jones movies were huge in my household growing up um i don't know the first time i saw any of them but we probably rented the vhs's a lot i know like when we started getting dvds we got the dvd box set of all three um, I watched all three over and over again. So did hold my whole family. I didn't know back then that you weren't supposed to like Temple of Doom. So I grew up on <laughs> Temple of Doom equally. And uh, my oh, yeah. dad loved Indiana Jones. I remember one time he went to some costume party for his work and he dressed up as Indiana Jones. I have that clear memory of him collecting like the fedora and the jacket and the whip and all this stuff. Um, so we had jacket, fedora, whip all around the house. So that was great for <laughs> dressing up like Indiana Jones. Um and uh, and yeah, the, these movies were definitely huge. Loved them. Um, but I think their movies, especially Raiders, I think just gets better the more you learn about movies and the more older movies you see. You just realize more and more how monumentally special Indiana Jones is. So yeah, childhood classic, but um, still monumentally monumentally important today for sure. I mean, yeah, ours probably... was kind of... Oh, oh, go ahead, James. Sorry. <laughs> Man, sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I watching again today, it's like, it's one of those movies too, I think it's better because they did so much stuff for real. I hate to harp on this, but I do all the time anyway, where it's like they did so much stuff like that was just 
we're doing a trace a chase with a truck like let's get people on a truck and shoot that in the desert we're not going to like green screen it or and it's funny because there is some like blue screen stuff in this and optical effects not like it's completely like 100 practical you know it's not like mm -hmm. that kind of thing they just used a mix of everything which i think is missing a lot from modern movies that they get stuck on like we have this technology which just use this like um i forgot we just taught this last week i feel like i forgot the, the new things called that everyone used like on the star wars shows and the, the volume the volume yeah yeah where it's like they're in that with like the background behind them and like um but this matte paintings i mean models a lot of miniatures actual sets i mean they just used everything which i think is like the way to go like just use every tool at your disposal but i guess somebody along the lines like ah models are too expensive matte paints too expensive let's just do this but that i mean that's why Again, I was not a broken record like an old man, but I just think these things like you're like, oh, they actually did this stuff or somebody built it or like and maybe some people care about that. But I just think that you watch this, you're like, wow, they just went and did this stuff. Um, and it's just it's so impressive. And it's just the movie. Oh, my God. The movie just like is never boring. It's always got something, some set piece. It is like Spielberg and George Lucas just said, let's take every little like serial thing we saw and just take those moments and keep, you know, put them in the movie back to back to back over and over. It's like a truck chase, uh, a fight in the streets, like um, this crazy fake at the end with the Nazis. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just all these things. I, I, the craziest thing I've seen recently on Twitter, it wasn't that recently, was I saw somebody call Raiders boring. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. what, like things. OK, <laughs> we can all have opinions. That just seems objectively wrong like i just don't understand like how there's plenty of movies where i could see like oh, okay it's boring but that just seems like if you're bored watching race of lost ark you just weren't paying attention in the first place you kind of just checked out and you're like oh why is that guy on that truck i don't care like you, know, you just don't i i just <laughs> blows my mind not to throw shade anybody but i don't think we, i don't know if we know anybody who would think that. but um but my god this movie just is uh a blaster to finish i will not bury the lead i'll just jump out and say like to me it's like the perfect adventure movie i it's like they just perfected the formula I, I get not like one of the best or most important movies but for what they were trying to do executed to perfection i think with raiders of lost ark so i don't know who wants to jump in on that <laughs> yeah well i'll just say like regarding them doing things for real i think sometimes we forget because of how insanely well this movie is held up this movie is really old. It's 1981. Um, so the 80s action boom really hadn't started yet. Not much. Um, we had the Star Wars movies. Those were like the biggest, uh, like, quote unquote, modern adventure movies. Also George Lucas, of course. Um, but they're doing a lot of stuff for real because they have to. There's not really a lot of other choice that you mm -hmm. can do. Um, and I, I don't know. Sometimes I almost think this movie doesn't get enough credit because we forget how old it is. Like, with the character of Indiana Jones, he is the perfect prototype for the everyman action hero. And I think so often we give that to John McClane because he's coming after uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone and such. And it's like, oh my gosh, an action hero can just be like a normal guy. <laughs> Sometimes I even hear people give it to Snake Plissken um, and that's the same year. Uh, but here is Harrison Ford, a college professor, not that buff. Um, and he gets his ass kicked constantly through this movie. I feel like that's one of his like, the hallmarks in the Indiana Jones characters, he's getting beat up all the time. And uh, that is so influential. And even that I don't hear talked about a whole lot. James, you want yeah, to jump on that? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, he is 
he is an everyman even in the bad sense of the way where he's like kind of selfish and like you know even in Raiders of the Lost Ark specifically there's multiple times where he's really like doing some things where like oh you're not gonna like you know I'm thinking of like scenes with Marion like when he goes and she's in you know she's tied up and he's like oh hold on don't let me free you right now like I can't (laughs) you know like he's he's so caught up in him wanting to get or like his you know he gets weird in his archaeological side right and like him like fight not fighting or you know he's like competing with Belloc kind of you know and like he's so worried about them getting there first kind of that he'll like put everything else aside even Marion another human <laughs> and so like that's 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 not you know that's almost you know like uh I don't know you know anti-heroish not really maybe but it's just a darker side of him that you don't think of on the surface because you do think of but when you think of Indiana Jones you do think of like oh adventure swashbuckling hero you know but like he is you know he's even got like people's issues or you know like problems too like he is more every man i think than even people realize at first glance you know and that's what makes it it's it's like subconsciously it's working in your head and you might not even realize it right like why am i connecting to this because nobody's perfect everyone's got all these weird things uh, i mean i think i'm gonna save a human life over you know making sure that they don't get the arc but that's me you know? <laughs> it's me yeah. i'm not any jones this no house. i <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you both brought this up right away because that was one of the things I was thinking we're watching today. Like that, he's just like this imperfect hero, and this may be on my mind too because there's been a lot of talk recently about the whole uh, the Fast and the Furious guys, how they don't ever want to lose a fight, you know, or look like not tough. And Harrison Ford clearly does not have that problem <laughs> because like he gets his ass kicked a lot of this movie, he gets beat up, he gets hurt, um, he's uh, he gets bested a lot. There's a lot of times when it's like he just gets like. He gets like the upper hand kind of uh, taken from him and he's kind of like not goofed on, but, you know, it's like um, it's just kind of like he keeps kind of losing out a little bit. He gets up upper hand back on the the Nazis a few times. But um, yeah, I mean, he gets beat up. It's just like things are not going great for him for most of the movie. And I do I do want to ask about this whole thing because uh, there's this not, I guess theory is the wrong word. This thing that floated around for years now where people say, oh, the whole movie would happen without him he's he's not important to the plot indiana jones the whole thing would go on without him he doesn't affect anything you guys have heard this right i have not heard this you've not heard no. this oh okay why are you doing wow. this to us i'm sorry i'm sorry i well jesus i'm sorry <laughs> so once somebody said it i was like shit they're right like if indiana jones was not there he, he causes like hiccups uh, and hold on hold on before we go down this path <laughs> I just want to preface this with, I feel like we're about to go down a path where it's like, was it Hayden and Titanic? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, well, you know, this is all an unreliable narrator. Like, you, you could do this with every movie in the history of movies, can't you? Like, you take probably out could people, rearrange things and like make it work <laughs> in your mind. Like, I don't want. I'm no, no, it's not that bad. No, I just shocked. I, I, told, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I yeah. totally do. I thought you guys were messy with me. Okay, you've not heard it. Okay, because no, I, I have not heard it though. Okay, so no. basically they're saying like, yes, he causes some bumps in the road, but eventually the Nazis' whole plan was to get the Ark to where they take it anyway, and they were going to open it with or without him, so they'd all be dead. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I think it's a that's, lame. That's like a that, not fun yeah, that's like a movie. party theory of like, right, like that's you like know, saying, well, this didn't happen. Well, it's not a movie then, right? Like that's just that is one of those yeah things. Is it fun? <laughs> not to me. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I, mean, I want him to be there because I think he's a really fun character. But I just, I mean, right. they're right. But I think that's like something yeah. someone brings up at a party to be like, did you know that uh, the movie would be the same without? It's like, okay, exactly. calm down. Like, yeah. <laughs> who would get chased by that boulder if uh, yeah. let me New test. Let's do this with every movie. Okay. I know. We could do... <laughs> Which movies work without the main characters? Okay. <laughs> this is good for Anthony to discuss. <laughs> that's true. This is a functional movie. That's true. I mean, I guess there's some movies where without... like, you know, at the end, like <laughs> our hero defuses a bomb. So if it yeah. wasn't for our hero, the bomb would have gone off or, you know, things like that. But like in this movie, the Nazis were always taking the arc to where they were going to take it. And they were always going to open it uh, and they would have died. So, it's just, well, you know, you know, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, this is completely random, but you have jumped to the end of the movie because now okay. we can well, do everything. I do want to I mean, comment I... on Matt's thing. So, OK, go okay. Ahead. if we could yeah. just go back after you're done. with No, your no, you go. You go. And then I'll because mine doesn't okay. have to do with this. Well, I feel like one part of the Indiana Jones formula is at least in Raiders, Last Crusade and Crystal Skull, maybe not Temple of Doom. Um, he always cares about the artifact he's hunting less than the villains do. Uh, it's especially true in Last Crusade and in Crystal Skull. He's way less interested than the villains are. Um, in this one, he definitely wants to find the, the Ark of the Covenant because he's an archaeologist and historical significance and such. But it's very interesting to note, he does not believe in the power of the Ark. And Belloc does. Belloc very much does. So uh, for Belloc and the Nazis, it's kind of a spiritual quest and it's a quest of, of occult research. There are a lot of movies that like to play around with the Nazis' obsession with the occult like this and Hellboy and a lot of different ones. Um, and he doesn't believe in any of these things. And I think it's so interesting that he finds the arc about halfway through the movie. And then it's like, well, he could be done. Uh, of course, he doesn't get to like take it home, but he finds it. And from there, it becomes about him saving Marion, which I think is such a good idea because for us as an audience, I think we can only care about him finding the Ark of the Covenant so much. And I don't know if that's enough to motivate us through the entire movie. So I think it's such a good idea that it then becomes about his relationship with Marion, which we care about much more than a box that carries around the Ten Commandments. Um, so it's a movie. I mean... Everybody knows this movie is about Indiana Jones, but it is more about him as a character than it is about a plot. So even if that theory is right, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> I agree. And that's I I I just I thought it was interesting because it's one of those, but I don't really I don't think it's a fun way to watch any movie, really. I mean it's it's almost like a little tidbit, like, oh, this would have happened the same way. It's like, okay, well, I'm still gonna go enjoy Indiana Jones now. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm gonna not enjoy the movie because someone told me that, but um, cause I just like seeing him go on an adventure and him and Mary and all that stuff. Like, um, so they're just kind of doing their own thing and like, yeah, the Nazis would have opened the arc with or without them, but it's more fun that they're along for the ride. <laughs> it's, you know, that whole, that whole thing. So I just was curious. I know I was shocked. You guys had not heard that before. Cause I thought that was one of those yeah. like common in the past few years, some things everyone always brings up, like. You know, I can't think of any of their movie facts. People always like, did you know, blah, blah, blah. But it feels like one of those things people are always like now going on about. Did you like... know Frankenstein is the doctor and not the <laughs> monster? <laughs> well, God, ask, ask Ken I'm, about that. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't know. And I'm sad. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Now. No, no. <laughs> Listen, I watch it today knowing that and going, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I know, that I real I. I recognize it and go, they are right. But then I go, I don't care. <laughs> and I still, no. you know, want to see him go into that temple at the beginning. And we can go all that. We can go back now if you want. One of, listen, movie's one of the movie. best. Well, Daniel, one of the best. We go back. Time? 
yeah yeah before we go back i just daniel crazily enough hit on something was like what i was about to say he ended up kind of getting into there a little bit because i was just going to ask about randomly the ceremonial garb that belloc's wearing and you were talking about how it's more of like a you know spiritual thing and a, a serious thing for him like he's into it in a different way right than indy it's not just peace you know it's not just the artifact it's actually what it might contain what it might do because i was always wondering where does he get all that garb he's wearing and that like he's like all made up like you know he looks like you know egyptian almost pharaoh type you know type attire kind and of like, priest outfit yeah and i'm like but you it just he's just in it like it literally cuts from indy not blowing up the ark <laughs> and then they're toting it out there at night they're tied up and he's in this you know ceremonial outfit and i'm like that, that's weird where'd that come from what is that even <laughs> you know it's just like we don't have any clue what that is for or why he's wearing that but you saying that makes sense because i never even put two and two together because he is probably bringing something that he, maybe he's read somewhere or whatever that this has to do with and this is going like, summoning you know whatever something like that but yeah kind of yeah and it's, to all, that it's point. also oh go ahead sir <laughs> oh I said, it just reminded me of like it, it's like that's old like horror movie you know like universal movie horror movie stuff right there like <laughs> mummyish or something i don't know it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah there's a lot in this movie stuff. where i was like spielberg lucas like they're very much calling back to the old mummy movies they watched when they were kids a lot of the settings locations um yeah it's very cool yeah, yeah. Sorry, and to man. that point at the ending too when bellocks and his like get up and he's like a believer in this thing and indiana jones you know deciding to close his eyes it's like they're apparently because i thought too wait how does he know how to do that <laughs> and then i found out that's like a thing that's mentioned in a deleted scene or in a book adaptation or something where it's like some wise man tells him like you can't look upon the ark unless it's a movie and i missed it but i when i was reading online people were like oh no no one I actually think it's in the movie well, i think it's in that. the bible it, it oh, might okay. be i don't know <laughs> well, if they they mention it specifically in the movie but yeah that's that i mean that's, that's true. the point also, of that i thought was people were saying that's like the moment he really fully believes in this stuff now where he's like okay i better shut my eyes because i believe this is going to kill us if we look at it so it, like, yeah it kind of works doubly like he he is closing his eyes because he believes it but also closing his eyes because he doesn't believe it and doesn't want to believe what he's right like, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> oh it's that I mean uh, we can go back down to the beginning because I jumped all the way to the end but I was like it's Raiders everyone knows Raiders but I said it earlier earlier but one of the best movie openings of all time like hands down I just mm-hmm. like from the logo from the Paramount logo the mountain I like like this is incredible and then <laughs> it's just how he introduces everybody now Indiana Jones comes out of the shadows a little bit um there's very little talking and all that he just goes through the going through the tracks in the temple, the boulder. It's like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> it could just be that. I'm like, five stars movie. Like, it's just, I. it's been parodied to death, I know. But it's like, I don't feel like, it's one of those things that's been parodied. I don't think it really loses any power because it's still just so, so great and so much fun. Um, yeah. It's interesting that... <laughs> you say that because I feel like Jaws has a really good opening scene as well. It's been parodied to death, but isn't. <laughs> A five out of five automatically. Well, you know, it's just I mean, weird. It's just weird. That's all, that's all I'm saying. You know, I don't know. There's a lot more. There's a lot more movie. There's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more movie. I'm just kidding. But no, if it had Jaws like eating Nazis, or if it had Indiana Jones fighting Jaws, we could. You Matt know. always wants more Nazis in his movies. No, only to be beaten up. That's the only reason I want more. 
to be beaten up. Um, no, like the, I mean, the opening is amazing. It's almost dialogue less and it like tells yeah. its own adventure story contained from the rest almost without dialogue. And it's got its own special side character, which is Alfred Molina. Shout out Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. I was going to say, your boy, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And Indiana Jones is so cool in his introduction because like they hold back on showing his face and he's got the whip move and then they finally pan up to him. And, uh, and he's so cool for a while, but it sets up that Indiana Jones is not perfect and he's going to screw up a lot because he screws up in this. And mm -hmm. his <laughs> slick move to get the idol doesn't work and causes all of these. And I, I want to know, like, I don't know. I'm not a historian. I want to know where does the idea come from that there are all of these ancient civilization places with all these amazing booby traps? <laughs> where did that idea come from? Surely it's not real. So, like, I don't know where that came from. Or is it? And, that's like it's <laughs> I don't and we haven't time. found them all yet. Yeah. I'm not a historian. Um, I know. gotta be. You're making me really want to look this up. I, I won't do it on the podcast. <laughs> but you make me want to look this up now. I'm like, is it just a movie invention, and we just ran with it? You know, or it's or is it from so books? cool? I mean, I. It's it's weird. I almost hope those places exist because they're so cool. I don't want to find one, but I just every time he goes to a location, I'm just like, this is the coolest place I've ever seen, in like yeah. every movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. <God>. Well, <laughs> it's it's funny you talk about it. Uh, his introduction, you know how how well it introduces him. You know it, it it does such a great job, right? He's in shadows a couple times before you actually finally get to see him come out, right? And then you see his face, perfect. But I also it, it was interesting. I was reading i did actually read a little bit about indiana jones earlier <laughs> and the guy i was reading uh, brought up a good point that we were talking about too like our first memories of indiana jones about how that must have been like seeing that for the first time in the theater right like this is not a property where we all saw it and it was already kind of pre-existing right post indiana jones world so mm -hmm. we already knew his silhouette what he looked like we already knew all that already going into it well maybe not you know as when depending on when we first saw it how, how well we knew it but Ooh, it's like i have a story about silhouette that silhouette is finish. part of okay part of the like you know iconography of the you know it's in the cultural zeitgeist right so but not having that yet and you're seeing this in the theater for the first that's such a great even more you know it must have been even cooler cooler to see that you know like to have all that first introduction to him without having it be already be known oh it's indiana jones you know like right right people can be so nonchalant <laughs> about it now like what it's just indiana jones anyway i don't know it's just kind of cool like trying to think about what that must have been like Go my on. father my father-in-law has this <laughs> story where i think it was his like senior year of high school and he just like took off school or something and he just went to the theater and just went to see whatever was playing didn't know what it was oh. <laughs> and it was raised the lost ark and it like blew Damn. his mind. Yeah. I just can't imagine that today, you know, like just going to theater, having no idea what's playing, no idea what this movie is. And it's something like this, man, that kind of thing just is, does not exist anymore. Not yeah. for people like us, at least for sure. That's how I, that's how I saw hypnotic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, I knew more than he did. Sounds like I didn't watch the trailer though, but it's, it's nice to like walk in. Yeah. And not know like anything about something, but that's such a rare, I mean, we're all like on Twitter. People talk about all these movies, like, I feel like we know everything about and if it is, so it's like a tiny little indie movie, right? Right. It's never going to be something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Even... It's a downside. That's probably one of the biggest downsides I'd say of like 
virtually, you know, being constantly online and having everything fed to us and knowing the production of every single movie that's happening. And like always knowing what we're supposed to think of a movie when we go in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not being surprised. Thanks to the rap. Uh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Those bastards. Uh, spoiling everything. James, are you not aware of what we're talking no, about? No, I, 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 I'm aware that it exists, but I didn't see. Oh, okay, good. good. Wow, you're... I mean, that movie will be out by the time this posts. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So but you're still very lucky that... Uh, you missed it. But, I mean, yeah, we're, it's like hard to go and have those pure experiences of something. I can't remember the last time it happened to me. Like, I feel like... Uh, everything I've at least known something about, you know, like to some degree, even I watch a trailer, it's like, mm-hmm. like joking about like the hypnotic thing. Like I knew who directed it and it was Ben Affleck. It's all a couple images from it. Like, so I kind of knew what it was. I read a synopsis, but like, yeah, this is like going to the movies even like 40 years ago, but some more casual, like I'm going to walk in and see what's going on here. You know, <laughs> like I'm just going to walk in and see what's happening. That's like, that's like something that gets brought up a lot too, is like, you know, or like people always will be like, what's a movie you wish you could go like experience for the first time again. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of like movies that I would like to experience without ever knowing about them for the first time, even, you know, like it's pretty cool. But I am trying to think of something that I think of something maybe like The Witch was probably like the last thing I can think of where I went in not really knowing. Oh, yeah, I me knew, too. Was, that was a great experience. And then, no. yeah, like just being like, okay, yeah, this is it. Because <laughs> there was very little, uh, from what I remember, there was very little marketing and what little there was, it wasn't showing you much so yeah that's kind of like the last one i can think of where i was like blown away without having any knowledge of what i was about to be blown away by <laughs> i feel like i've had that to like the matrix in 99 i feel like that's the last one like, <laughs> yeah. truly pure movie going experience where i just like i was a kid and you know like internet was around but i wasn't on it and uh I, I, the trailer was so cryptic. I think people forget how cryptic everything was about the Matrix. It was like, mm-hmm. what is the Matrix? I have no idea. Like, but it like some stuff I see looks cool. Let's go see that. And just being leaving the theater, like losing my mind and being like, I'm blown away by it because I really didn't know what it was going in. Um, I'm sure there's been stuff since then, but that's the one I always go to. Of like, I wish I could relive that, <laughs> like wipe my memory and watch that again for the first time. But Raiders would be a good one too because yeah, so much of that works off of like. We don't know this can become a franchise. We don't know this character. We, you know, we don't really know. You know, it's like an adventure movie, but what, what's it going to be? Um, but yeah, yeah no that kidding. would, yeah. <laughs> Do y'all know if it was supposed to be anything other than Raiders at the beginning, or if that became due to its success? I would doubt it because they didn't get a sequel for another three years. Yeah. I oh, actually, I, I, I did hear this so. story on the special features that that. Uh, I think George Lucas had told Spielberg that he'd already written the whole trilogy, but he hadn't written the whole trilogy. He lied to <laughs> like, okay. uh, he was like, I got them all done. They're, yeah. We got a whole thing planned out. And then also he was uh, just star Wars. him. okay. I see he was star Wars. Him. Yes. <laughs> he always thinks stuff Wars-ing. planned out and he, he doesn't. Um, and he's like, I got them all done. They're done. He had nothing written past Raiders. So, um, I think that even goes back to the marketing. Cause it wasn't originally called Indiana Jones and the Raiders or Raiders lost Ark. It was just Raiders lost Ark. They didn't put the name. I mean, I on think there. it still is now, right? I, I never I've seen call both. It Indiana Jones and Raiders. I don't. I don't either. But I've I've seen it both. It's like okay. On it, IMDb has like both titles. I think they retroactively tried to slap the Star Wars it. The Star they Wars did. thing, yeah, they did yeah. Star Wars it. Oh, see. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Which I'm o- I'm okay with that because his name's in all the other ones, and it's like it fits. It's not like, but I I will still call it just Raiders, honestly, most of the time. So, yeah. um, but yeah, they didn't. I don't think they had 
I don't know, franchise. I, I, George Lucas apparently wanted sequels more than Spielberg did because Spielberg, like, it sounds like he wasn't into doing sequels even way back then. He just didn't really wasn't that interested. Um, but it's funny too. I was thinking about this today. Another thing we talk about that Spielberg is coming off of 1941, which is a notorious bomb at the time, critically and commercially. So he really needs uh, to come back with a hit. And I feel like. I was watching his thinking like he's directing this like he's out to prove something like especially that opening. He is like, I'm going to throw everything into this opening and then never stops really like he doesn't really let up through the movie. But it's like it, it's like a guy directing like his life's on the line. <laughs> like he's just like, I'm going to do every cool thing I can think of everything I've ever seen in a serial as a kid and jam it into this movie. Um, I'm sure he was motivated. Yeah, because I think he was really stung by 1941 like bombing. Um because he'd been on a roll before that. And then it was like, oh, shit, I can I can miss, basically. It's, I'm fallible, you know. And then he comes back with Raiders, and then he's fine again. So it's all, but it just, I think it's funny that he's like, I gotta, I gotta hit with Raiders. And it's like, just going all out is what it feels like. Yeah, and he really did. Uh, number one movie of the year, 1981. Mm-hmm. Doubled. Do y'all know what number two was? I have no idea. Mm, Road Warrior? Kramer Road- versus Kramer. I don't know. <laughs> On Golden Pond. Ah, Henry Fonda. Wow, that was number two? That was number two. We lived in a world where On Golden Pond could be the number two movie. Old people have always liked going to movies. That's true. They're just slower to get there. That's the the thing people don't realize. It's like, they'll get there. It might be four weeks into the run, but they'll get there. Speaking of some box office, dude, this is, we talk about like how cool it used to be back in the day when movies like were in theaters forever and like existed Okay, opened June 81, number one. It lost number one second week to Superman 2 for like a month straight. Wow, on Golden Pond beat Superman 2. Yes, that's something. Overall, at the end of the year, Raiders of the Lost Ark takes over number one for another week, then Tarzan, then Empire Strikes Back reissue, then Raiders of the Lost Ark takes over number one in August, all the way up till September, loses its top spot. All the way until the end of the year in December when it oh. retakes number one in its 26th week. That's like a Top Gun Maverick situation. What right is there. going yeah. out? Like, <laughs> that is crazy. That does not happen anymore, except for like, Top Gun Maverick. When it did that again, I think it came Memorial back. Memorial Day. Like, Labor Day. Yeah. And Labor Day. Yeah. When it came, I was shocked when it came back and got it back at Labor Day because movies just don't do that in this modern time. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? Both Paramount. Oh, yep. <laughs> what was Super Mario Bros? It'll be the next one. Oh well, uh, oh, like illumination. It oh, is. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kidding. Move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were asking like when's it gonna come back. I was like, I think it's gonna be digital soon. Uh, no. well, um, that made so much money. Jesus Christ! It, made so much it didn't. It, it did make so much money. That's crazy. Wait, have you seen Mario Brothers, Daniel? No, no. Did you? I don't have a a, a kid of age to go see that. What? Oh, I, I saw, saw it as an adult right? man. <laughs> me and my <laughs> me say. and my friend went to go see. We're both off work. And we were like, do you want to go see Super Mario Brothers? And we were the only two people in the theater on like a weekday because we were both off. That's the and, way to uh, do it. It was good. It was good. And we, we were in this theater. I never been to before. I had like the most comfortable reclining seats I've ever sat in. I wish I would lose my house. And we both at different times were like falling asleep. Not even because the movie was like <laughs> that bad, but it was just like I was so comfortable. <laughs> like it was like I was like, oh, my God, this is the best chair ever. And I felt I woke up and I was like, is this movie over already? <laughs> like. It's a fine for what it is. It's fine. I was like, I'm not the target audience for this. I think it plays to even younger kids than I was expecting it to. Um, like I was like, oh, this is for like 
four or five year old. Like, this is for like real, real little kids. Um, I mean, it was fun. It's whatever. It's not. I, I, I don't want to pick on movies where they're. Just, I'm just not the demographic. I know some critics like hold them to a higher standard. I'm like, I don't think we hold everything to like the highest. They can't all be Miyazaki animated movies. Like Jesus Christ! It's like all, you know, it's all like... the forty-year-old men on Twitter who are like, "The Little Mermaid doesn't look that good," <laughs> and I'm like, "Bro, what are you every doing? little girl in America is gonna go see it, and they don't care how it looks." So you know, <laughs> who cares? They're not gonna be like, "The cinematography's not good, mother." I don't know why they would call their mom mother. <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah. Mother, very formal yeah. child. Um, it's gonna make close so to venturing too. into like territory of like the kind of Twitter that I hate, right? Like <laughs> it's that it's like, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> sure. Okay. Is it dark? Okay. Who cares? Move on. Like wh- also you haven't seen it on a movie screen yet. You're watching and, it. Yeah, on the it's phone. True. <laughs> a tiny. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have high hopes. It'll look that know. great, but it, I, it's hard to judge something out of context on a phone screen. Like I saw I a know. TV spot on the TV in a restaurant I was in recently and it looked gorgeous. And I was like, Whoa, okay. it was all really bright and vivid. But anyway, that movie will be out by the time this comes out. <laughs> all, we'll all know. If all be out. Um, back to Raiders. <laughs> I have a thing I want to talk about. Okay. It won't take long. Cereals. Okay. So something I realized is whenever anybody talks about Indiana Jones, they always say it was inspired by cereals, the cereals mm-hmm. that Spielberg and Lucas watching their kids. But I realized nobody ever says what the hell cereals inspired. <laughs> are, this is true. You're the perfect guy for this too. You, I'm this not is... the perfect guy. But okay, I'm well, a guy. You're better than me and James. Ed, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so apparently <laughs> the cereals inspired this were Buck Rogers, uh, Zorro's fighting Legion. Shout out Zorro. And Spy Smasher. <laughs> um, so I haven't watched a lot of serials because honestly, serials, I have a lot of like academic respect for them and such, but they're a mm-hmm. little tough to go back to. I've watched the Superman serial. It's pretty entertaining. Um, I watched a little bit of Spy Smasher leading into this. And, um, you know, they're interesting because they're very much like a proto. They're one of the prototypes for action movies today. One of the prototypes for especially action movies geared towards kids. Um, cause they all, they have the action scenes and the cliffhangers and then come back next week. <laughs> and, um, they're, they're a little tough to go back to because they have such a low budget, but it is really cool that with this movie, they're like, let's take basically what those serials are, but give them what they never had, which is real actors, real budget, um, technology that now exists or technology that Spielberg and Lucas were innovating. Um, and that's that's so cool. And I was watching this movie just thinking, I wish more of our great greatest directors right now would make fun pulp because so many of them won't do it. They will only make three hour historical dramas. And I'm like, I know you're going to win Oscars for that, but no one's going to remember you for your three hour historical dramas. I'm sorry. They won't. They'll remember Spielberg for stuff like this. And I, I wish there were more directors that were like, taking stuff like cereals and turning it into something like this. So it's very cool. I agree. Very well said. It's I'll go ahead, James. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I agree too. I I think that part of, honestly, I think that part of the problem is Raiders and Indian, like they've done it so well. Like, I feel like it makes people scared to do, you know, honestly, like Mm -hmm. uh, because they are just going to get compared sadly but you know that i I wish that wouldn't stop people and and i might not but i feel like he they did it so perfectly already that it does it's almost like okay well (laughs) but i mean hey like you get we're getting like the meg and the meg too like i don't know 
you can do it. I, I mean, gonna, if, if we want to talk it. like real successors to Raiders, I think Steven Summers nailed it with the mummy in 99. Yeah. That's one of the best yeah. Raiders riffs. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like we yeah, don't more get many that. things that I think of like that are like Raiders of the Lost Ark these days. I feel like so many things don't feel like they're influenced by that anymore. Um, maybe it's for the one adventure reason. genre. Like, yeah, I always say that, like, I love action movies, but what I love more is adventure movies, stuff like Indiana Jones and Zorro and the mummy. I would mm-hmm. throw National Treasure in there. Um, I just love that kind of movie. Robin Hood. I just love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think people have like let. And that's where the, the key difference is adventure right over action whereas like now it's mission impossible and james bond but those do have you know they're so heavily action oriented now more than sure there's adventure but it's to get to that action set piece you know not that there's not action in indiana jones right but it's more about that whole journey it feels like whereas this is kind of turned into action set piece yeah. after action set piece <laughs> and there's a lot James of action Bond, you know? in indiana jones there's a lot of great set pieces it's funny because mission impossible you mentioned i'm like well that has the bones of an adventure movie because it's like usually them hopping from place to place i mean i'm thinking of like eventually you hop place to place there's a set piece in that place you're tra- chasing a thing you know you're chasing something or trying to chase somebody but yeah I get, maybe your point james like they're just so they're just trying to get to those set pieces so bad that it's like the adventure part kind of being secondary. It's like we're hopping around to get to an action set piece, which are Mission Impossible are great action set pieces. Don't get me wrong, but sure. there's something about Raiders that has that sense of like, I don't know, the the place there, the, this all and the adventure is like this different. It's hard to describe. I've had a hard time. Like I'm trying my best, but it's like it's just something different about the way that it's portrayed. I think I don't know. I think um, the I think the accessibility for kids is important. Because it's action, but it's not too violent, and it's never too disturbing. There's some scary stuff for sure, but it's never like the end of graphic. (laughs) Yeah, that's very important for the appeal of Raiders. Is like it can be equally entertaining to a 50 year old man and a seven year old kid. Yeah, because even as a kid, if some people think it's not appropriate, a kid's gonna think a guy's face face melting off is a pretty cool thing happening. Right? (laughs) Oh heck yeah! It never scared me as a kid. I always thought it was cool. It's a crazy effect. They almost got an R rating apparently for the the way that Belloc his face goes like they had mm-hmm. to put like a fire effect in front of it like because oh, okay. it was too much that was like was really holding them up for getting an R because oh the scanners pre- blow up you mean because sc- yeah. <laughs> yeah this is pre-P13 mm-hmm. Temple of Doom hasn't come out to invent that yet so uh this this is still pushing it though because they're like you get PG you get R you got to cover that man's head exploding <laughs> like yeah. also um, 1981 right scanners is that 1981 yeah, I think it's 81 hey. I think so a lot of heads blowing up in 81. <laughs> What's going on in 81? I don't know. It's like Minds were being blown. The start of those Reagan that. years. <laughs> Daniel, though, th- th- that's true. Like the kid stuff, like I think people do talk about, oh, especially in Temple of Doom, how like, oh, you know, got PG-13, whatever. It's so much darker and stuff. But it uh, kids like dark stuff, too. I, I think we overemphasize that a lot nowadays, where it's like people are like, oh, even all this blood and raiders you know like it's pretty violent for a pg movie you know like people are getting shot in the head i mean it's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. anything to laugh about but it is a movie and like it's on us to you know that's i'm one of those people like it's on us and you know your kid can watch us that. as in parents right yeah sorry yes <laughs> us as in parents, right? just us people, three are gonna decide what's okay for kids to yeah watch. for people to be like <laughs> new oh, council. It's too violent no i don't agree with that I, you know kids can handle what they can handle they're gonna let you know if they can't you know or they're gonna yeah. talk to you about it 
or the only thing not, I remember, if you're not, you know, that's true. The only thing I remember being disturbed by an Indiana Jones movies as a kid was in Temple of Doom when the guy is being lowered into the fire and he's chanting oh. with like desperation and he goes in and he's like, oh, that, that was pretty disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the exact same for me, honestly. That was the scene yeah. that disturbed me the most. What well, I mean, from the heart and as him going whole, to like that whole yeah. that whole sequence was rough. I'm not going to lie, but it's like a torture scene. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty rough. But I mean, I'm I'm still okay. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> I say I'm okay, me, man. I mean, I, it's funny because I came to this later. This is the create. This is this makes no sense. This trajectory. I got to watch T two and like RoboCop and Aliens like before it was like six, and then I come to Raiders, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't that bad, you know. It's like, like RoboCop, one of the most violent movies. I'm still shocked by the violence today as an adult. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, well, especially in like the yeah when he gets blown apart that when is, he gets shot I mean geez, like, the, Jesus Christ it's like I do I keep saying now to make my not feel so, my bad not feel so like if people my dad's a bad parent like they, I think he showed me like a TV cut like I I don't think I saw the full like Murphy getting killed sequence till way later so either he turned that part he fast forwarded or it just was a TV cut because uh, I would remember that because that is graphic. But so I get to Raiders. I'm like, this isn't that bad. Like it's Temple of Doom. I'm like, what's everyone so mad about? But it's almost like they do the stuff in Raiders where they kind of push it. They they push the PG and then they do the stuff in Temple of Doom and they push even farther. Like we got to wear it the last time. Let's like pull a guy's heart out and let's see what happens. Because <laughs> like, yeah, Raiders is dead. If a PG-13 existed, I'm sure would have got a P-13 like no problem. But there was that no middle ground uh, area. Yeah. So, and honestly, I I think that Raiders is bloodier than Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is just darker in tone overall, and that yeah. obviously some of those torture scenes are pretty rough. But like, there's so much more blood in Raiders. Like, the there's Nazi the guy hitting the, the the propeller. Right, that's probably like, the most squirts blood on right the there. thing and on her, like right in front of her face. Oh yeah, <laughs> like even their <laughs> first. Meet, that is such a good scene. Yeah, and oh, Nepal, like whenever he first shows up, and they, and then Tote comes, and then you know Indy comes back in that action sequence, and they're all shooting each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the dude like has blood all over his face right there that gets shot. Like it's pretty pretty violent. I mean, I think more violent overall than Temple Doom, but Temple Doom, like I said, got the the dark tone <laughs> but yeah there is something that i feel like with indiana jones has always appealed to kids like i think even before i saw the movies i mean i knew who he was and i kind of kind of knew like easy character to play as a kid i guess easy costume as a kid too you're like oh i just get like a whip and i jump around and like run from pretend to run from traps there's something about like it's very like Kids can You're... easily see that opening raider sequence and think it's like the coolest thing ever there's like no dialogue it's they're all visual it's like you can recreate that your friends on the playground, you know, it's like you can just like run around. There's something I think just has always appealed to kids without feeling like it's trying to talk down to kids. You know, it's like it's not it's sure. it's still got dark stuff. It's funny because this just came up again, too, with Guardians 3. People all up in arms. It's P13, but they were like, this is too dark for children. But again, like I think kids can handle not. more dark stuff than we give them credit for, you know, yeah. so, I haven't seen it, but I know it's not. I'm just going to yeah. say it right now. I know that it's not. <laughs> no, it's pretty rough. I mean, but then again, it's like, you should just monitor your own. <laughs> it's pretty rough. I did. Yeah, I told okay, a story on the podcast about like this woman taking her two young daughters out. But I mean, that's it's up to, the, you know, you got to monitor your own kids. But um, I just don't think we should always shield kids from like dark material because, you know, it's just no, it's, 
I don't either. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, I, you know, you were talking about, I think this, that kind of, you just made me think that it's par- probably part of what we were trying to distinguish between like adventure and action. But like part of what sets the Indiana Jones movies apart is, okay, he's got an outfit. He's kind of like recognizable. He's got a whip. He's got a weapon. He's got like, it's, a, it's an, what does Ethan Hunt have? Like he wears suits and runs around <laughs> and like has a gun. And yeah, the iconography and, like, is. Yeah. Or even like the crazy. technological side of it. Like there's it, Mission Impossible and James Bond are so high tech, like they're technology based. Whereas Indiana Jones is more like tactile or like physical. Like, I don't know. I would explain it kind of like old school but i don't know even well, the I setting th- maybe because it is set in the past you know right but. right i think kids can probably see themselves in indiana jones more because like a kid is not going to see themselves in james bond or ethan hunt like they're too good uh but indiana jones is a guy who struggles enough and also one thing i love about him is like after an action scene you can tell that he just went through some shit and sometimes he's just kind of <laughs> hobbling and he's all beat up and like mm-hmm. i love the scene of him and karen allen on the boat when he's super grumpy because everything hurts. Yes, I love um, that. that <laughs> you don't see that with action heroes a whole lot. And I think I think a kid can put themselves in that place. And then also, like, all you have to do is get a rope and a, and a fedora and, like, suddenly you're Indiana Jones. And that's, like, all it takes. <laughs> that's like Superman, right? Like, he, all you had to do was wear a, bath, get a towel. A towel. A towel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there you are. So simple. I yeah. do want to shout out a, a Charlton Heston movie from the 50s called Secret of the Incas where this iconography basically came from that. Charlton Heston is dressed exactly like Indiana Jones. I totally meant to watch it leading up to this. I didn't, but there's a there's a new Kino Lorber Blu-ray and um, I've heard it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like there's so much to, I think, because I could go through like every single set piece this movie. Like, That's a great set piece, great set, great set piece. Um, could you guys- It's not soft. I mean, just, but do you guys have, I don't know if I should take the opening out because it's so good. Do you guys have a favorite set piece in the movie? Yes. Okay. Daniel, you jumped on that one. Go ahead. Nazi car chase. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of the best car Nazi chases car chase. I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's so good because like the characters are moving around on the cars and they're getting like thrown out the car windows, holding onto the car. Indiana Jones is, is basically crawling along the, the bottom of the car and the way that he's kind of moving from car to car as the car chase is going and then being dragged along. It's, it's a masterpiece of stunt work. It's so cool. It's like one of my favorite action scenes ever. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so involved too. Like we have people getting in out of the truck and like getting back on the truck and like him coming back around and like, I, it's just, yeah, it's amazing that they just shot all that. I think, I think a lot of credit on that scene is like a lot of the second unit did that that scene. I, I don't know if it, okay, all of cool. it, but uh, like I wish I remember the director's name because I think he did some other stuff afterwards. But like I think Spielberg even gave credit to like his his second unit director like handled most of that chase and like did a killer job because that's like <laughs> that is an amazing chase sequence. Uh, and just, I love when he's fighting the guy in the truck and are trying to fight for control of the truck. He, yeah, like you said, Indy gets out of the truck, comes all the way back around. And it's like, I think they're trying to say he's behind. It's like, he gets in there. It's, I mean, it's like, it just keeps going, but like in a way that's just so great where you're like, Jesus Christ, how is this going to like, how is it going to wrap up on this? But it's so much fun. That's, it's a good pick. James. It is fun. No, that that's a, that's a good pick. It's hard. It's kind of hard to beat that one, but you were talking about that, uh, I did watch one of the little special features about the stunt work and that, and I guess, you know, they had to dig out the little 
like trench basically for the whole thing where the guy when he goes under the truck oh yeah he's yeah. double because it wasn't low enough like or whatever the distance so they had to like basically you know cut out this whole strip for him to like as he's going he's in this little strip and like obviously there's a stunt guy driving the car he's talking about how i don't have this one guy driving because i trust him and the stunt guy said he wanted to do it and spielberg mentioned i guess he was trying to kind of recreate the something from stagecoach but then this guy had done another stunt in another movie and it had like messed up but then he wanted to redeem himself on this one so that's why he talked spielberg into letting him do it it wasn't actually going to be in the movie technically i don't think until he convinced him to let him do it. Well, I'm Pretty glad he did. It's like that worked out. So, yeah. um, but I, I like the, the 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 all the back and forth uh, during that Nazi car chase. I, I love that. I don't know why I never thought of that. As the name of it. <laughs> but like one of my favorite parts is whenever he gets shot in the arm, right? Oh yeah, driving, yeah. And then like how angry, like it's just small dumb thing. Like how angry he is when he kicks the door, right? Like that, that dude's is <laughs> trying to get in. Like just, I don't know, for some reason on this watch, I noticed how like mad he seems during this, all this, like, it's really why am I having shot. to do all this? You know, like, <laughs> well, yeah. And then he got shot. But I know he's, I, I love that he sells that. Like, cause in most, there's so many action movies where like the guy gets shot. He doesn't even like register that he was shot and he gets like, wing there was like a flesh wound like he you know shoots right across but like he he sells it like fucking hurt you know he's like damn it like it's, it's almost yeah like he's he grabbing like, it constantly and like, yeah, even he's when grabbing it him, he's still I really appreciate that detail of like damn it that hurt <laughs> it's like it's not like he's just shaking it off you know um that's like daniel saying you know like he's all this is affecting him it's not like any other action hero or movie you know where it's just like he shrugs it off it's all sticking with him like this is a <laughs> it's a, it keeps on happening and he's getting more and more damage and it's just like by the end he's broken basically yeah um, um my favorite moment in the movie oh, man i mean I, I think one of my favorites is probably the the nazi plane sequence on the little tarmac that, yes yeah because yeah. like the way that that's set up with all the like cross-cutting back and forth between everything that's going on where mm-hmm. there's the guy in the plane then there's the big henchman who he's fighting with and getting the crap beat out of him by again, you know, just Indy being normal. Can't <laughs> it's just getting <laughs> the crap beat out of him by this guy. And then, you know, the other guy's trying to like shoot him randomly and he's like going <laughs> under and uh, Marion's trying to get in there and she gets in the turret, right? Like it's just all this stuff. And it, you know, it's, it's what we always talk about how Spielberg does it. So like perfectly, like making sure you see everything that's going to, you know be used in this scene like you see the plane here you see this gas get you know start pouring out it's like uh, yeah. i don't know like you could film a silent movie right you don't yeah. need any sound or anything during this because you're, you're seeing everything you're going to need to see on how this is going to take place and the way he does it so perfectly and, and, and i don't know it's just masterful <laughs> as he I would always ag- seems to be I would agree. I, you know, it's funny. I think probably every time I watch it, I probably pick some new favorite thing I key in on. I was really keyed in on that fight today too. Like I, that today that really stuck out as like, I love this scene um, with him fighting the big bald Nazi guy. Cause like he's on the plane, he's climbing up on the plane and the guy comes up to him and the way he looks back at him, like, Oh, like he just is exasperated. (laughs) Like, and he slides down the plane, like, okay, let's do this. Like, like he doesn't want it. And he always, he's probably gonna get his ass kicked. He's like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Like, 
this is gonna suck but i gotta do it and then yeah the guy shooting at him it's like all these elements but like spielberg keeps it so clean and you still you're not confused i mean there's so mm -hmm. many action sequences you could watch where like you get lost in the geography or like who's doing what or who's where but like it's set up and shot so well and edited so well that you're never confused understand what's going on uh it's a great a great punchline <laughs> i mean like very brutal punchline when he like puts him in a propeller and just blood shoots over the swastika and then marion's in the cockpit it's like oh like just someone just shot blood <laughs> but um and then she's locked in the stakes get higher because you think he's done but then like there's gasoline gotta get her out of the plane he's trying it's like it just keeps going it is like that's like the mini stunt show part of the movie where i'm like oh no wonder they made a stunt show out of this movie it's like it's perfectly tailored for that like um I don't know if right. you guys have seen the Indiana Jones stunt show at uh I've not seen it in a very long time, but I actually um, have. Okay, yeah. I did get to see it. It's so much fun. But yeah, I'm like that that sequence with the plane is just so good. I mean, but I was yeah, just it's, keep... it's like little missteps just keep happening, right? Like it's like and then the, the break comes out and then so it starts turning like it's just everything keeps building <laughs> on each other. It's like it's perfect setup and just over and over. And right, it's just it's perfect. <laughs> Oh, but Michael Kahn, speaking of editing, he won the Academy Award for this. Oh, well-deserved. I yeah. forgot that was the other thing I saw today. I was watching about it. It was nominated for nine Academy Awards mm -hmm. and won five. All of them were like technical, like editing, I think visual effects, uh, maybe Joe sound. Joe visual effects, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he he's going to adventure movies too. Oh, yeah. yeah Joe Johnson. Um, it's just fun. I was like, oh, wow, the Academy, like, I feel like it was rarer back then to be nominating like fun blockbuster type movies <laughs> like i feel like there was still now they've opened up the categories to, like 10 movies and you get they always gotta throw something in there mm -hmm. that's like the crowd pleaser um the fact they recognized how good it was in 81 is a nice uh nice thing i was like oh that's good they gave it that many nominations because it definitely deserves them it's it's a movie that really crosses those lines because sometimes like people complain like normal people are like oh this movie's for snooty critics and then sometimes critics are like oh this movie's for the dumb audiences or, you know it's like all this debate that was going on about like this and that this movie really crosses those lines and is like a an audience crowd pleaser critics seem to love it like it's a great dad movie which is the perfect triangle it's it's hitting everything um which doesn't always happen but i was just like yeah it's it's yeah it's man it's so good I don't know what to say. In college, I, uh, in oh, college I took a statistics class and we had mm -hmm. to do some kind of statistics project. And I did mine on correlation between audience scores and critic scores of movies of like top oh. movies of so many years um, to horrible, see man. if it's true that there's a difference between the movies oh. audiences like and the movies critics are like. And I found that generally, no, generally oh, audience man. and critics are more so aligned, at least on the bigger movies. Um and that's why it's always dumb when people act like, oh, the, the critics only like movies that no, aren't fun and nobody likes. Like generally, like the blockbusters are usually pretty well reviewed unless they're like Transformers movies or G.I. Joe <laughs> movies or something like that. Um, that's kind of an aside. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think I was thinking more, too, of like a movie that's like put in like the because I read about in the Roger Ebert great movies books and that that there's a lot of mainstream stuff in there, too. But it's just like there's something about a fun adventure blockbuster that when it gets put up with the great movies of all time, I feel like that's like a different level of like the critics like stuff. I think there was something stupid last week about guardians where people were like, Oh, the critics are doing it again. They're shit. But it was like the critic score was like 
86% positive and the audience score was like 94%. I was like, that's not a big difference. You don't even be mad about that. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, that's still very mm. good. Like, so any difference they see, they're like, oh, those critics are shitting on these blockbusters again. These people are so annoying. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, did a study on it. So you <laughs> now I know the final word. It's like not that big a difference. <laughs> um, but yeah, is... I mean, it just, yeah. Oh, I, what was, what's your favorite scene? Before we move forward. Oh. You haven't told well, us I, I mean, I went, well, God, favorite scene. I mean. Did you? Oh, you said the opening. You said you didn't want to steal it, but. No, no, first? I just said, like, almost putting that aside. Because I thought the opening so, okay. like, iconic that it's, like, you almost have to remove that from everything else. But, I mean, it would be the opening. But, I mean, I love, there's not a moment I really don't love in the movie. Like, I was, um, even, I think, when I was younger, I think I thought that little scene, it's a quick scene. Oh, I was so bothered by it. Like, the scene on the boat when Indiana Jones is like, he's like hurt and wants to be left alone. I was like, can we get back to the action stuff? That's like the best scene. I, 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 I know. It's not I, the best scene, but it's one of the uh, best scenes. It's a dumb teenager, it's but I was there. like, get back to the action. Um, I don't want to see this kissing. Ew. <laughs> Girls have cooties. It's the gag. Not so, it's of the, the mirror when she swings it around. And, oh, that's like, a great gag. I, yeah, no. Like that I, is. It's such a weird gag, best. but I love it. Listen, I, I didn't say I hate it. I just was like, but now uh -huh. I love that scene. Like I just purely like, I, I just kind of was a little bit like, okay, this is fine. But let's get back to the the fighting and stuff. Uh, but like now I'm just like, yeah, you need that in there. Um, I love when they reunite, like the way he comes in, his shadow on the wall and, and just that whole first meeting is so amazing. Like Marion's a great character. Like I there love her. We got to talk they, about Karen Allen. <laughs> we got Karen Allen. Oh my God. Like between, I mean, this and Starman alone. I'm like, I love Karen Allen. <laughs> like just those two performances alone. I'm like, you're just the best. Like, um, she doesn't get enough credit for how good she is in this movie. I feel like I mean, I mean it's it's his name's he's the main character. I get it, but like she's so great, um, and just holds her own for most. I know she gets captured, a little damsel in stress, but it's like for most of it, she's kind of you know she's got her own shit going on. She's holding herself down. Um, she's she's great. I her introduction is so good with her drinking in the drink competition. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I don't know. I think she's great. Go. I'm sure we're all going to agree. But what do you want to say about Karen Allen? Um, yeah, I mean, she's one of the things that made me think about how, like, wow, the more old movies you watch, the better this movie is, because people always talk about how great Karen Allen is. She's um, she's such a strong character. And I really she's a strong character because she's such a clear throwback to 1930s leading ladies. Besides like the the dated cadence of the way people talk in the 1930s. It's such a 1930s leading lady. She reminds me so much of like Rosalind Russell or Joan Bennett. Just these like tough, fast talking, hard hit, like Howard Hawksian kind of women. Mm -hmm. She totally fits in that so well. Um, yeah, she's by far my favorite of the Indiana Jones leading ladies. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy call. She's so much fun to watch. And and I love watching her in the, the Nepal scene when they reunite and you get that shootout, which is also one of my favorite action scenes in the movie. Because I, I remember... Well, she's drunk in this in the whole scene, like <laughs> super, super blasted drunk, like as drunk as a big fat guy who fell over. Um, so she's so she's like yelling at him immediately and they have this argument and it sounds like Indian Jones was kind of shitty to her. Um, but it's funny that in the very next scene, she's all like happy and positive and like all that anger's out, probably because she was super blasted drunk in the last scene. <laughs> oh, James, thoughts on Karen Allen? Agree. Uh, she's great. And her introduction is like on par with his. That's what's so cool is she gets a great introduction just like he did. You know, like that drinking introduction, like you said, is like 
I, I feel like that's one of the scenes that people remember, you know, like mm-hmm. her introduction right there where she, yeah, the other girl, you know, like falls off the table or whatever. But it is, it, it is funny that you said she's a damsel in distress because yes, technically she's like in distress or, you know, captured at certain points, but she, like Daniel said, doesn't ever feel like she's a damsel in distress, yeah. right? She's so, yeah. She comes off so powerful just in her performance that you don't ever question that she couldn't get out of these situations on her own, really. She just hasn't yet. That's kind of like how I feel about it. (laughs) Sure, he's there and does end up saving her sometimes, but I think she would end up getting out of all these predicaments herself just because there's no question. Like You you get that from her character and the way she plays her. Um, Yeah, she gets really close to getting away from Belloc on her own by out-drinking him, which is such a funny scene. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and I, I like that even that call back to her drinking again you know like that's cool like all these little cool like storytelling things like you said you think indiana jones was kind of shitty to her in the past yes right like she said you know that their argument uh obviously was which is another thing where i i kind of feel like that ties into him not being a great you know like he's not perfect like he doesn't even hardly kind of acknowledge that at that moment even really like he's just kind of like you knew, you what, knew you what you were doing. doing. Yeah, like, you know, he's mm-hmm. like not even very apologetic about it. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's just, you know, a dude. Better <laughs> and worse. But, uh, um, yeah. Taylor Swift would write songs about him, about how inconsiderate <laughs> <Yes>. he was. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I am curious, but that's like economics storytelling. I am curious what happened. Like, what really happened? You know, like, I don't need details because you know it was enough that this encounter when they first come back is so powerful. You you can get a sense of what yeah. happened, but um, <laughs> yeah, she's great. Also, she's beautiful. Um, I love her outfit. That's another scene. That's great. Like there's so, there's so many scenes that are like the, what, the little basket scene when they're, whenever he's oh, trying yeah, yeah. to find her <laughs> and she gets kidnapped and she's wearing that outfit. That's amazing looking. Like, I love that outfit, the baggy pants and stuff. Um, but yeah, like that's just another great, like, you know, they're almost like Looney Tunes sequences or whatnot, you know, like gaggy, you know, like even mm-hmm. the John Williams music, which we haven't talked about John Williams. Like, oh my God, like, I would not talk about that. <laughs> playful during that whole sequence, you know, like, even though like he's like shooting people and like killing people, <laughs> it's still a silly scene, you know, or like, oh God, you know, a callback to, I don't know, funny stuff. But yeah, she's great. That, sorry, we're also talking about Karen Allen. She's great. But that scene <laughs> is great too. Yeah, I like what you said because I thought that too. It was like even when if you think she's been taken, you think she could get out of her. She's not like completely helpless. Like it's like she doesn't really say need Indy to get out. Like, but he just happens to come along. But you think she's a character that could get out on her own. There's some characters you're like, well, that girl's not gonna get herself out of that situation. But she's sorry, not. Willie Scott. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, Willie. Uh, I will defend you on Temple of Doom, but not not. Yeah. Oh heck yeah, I love her. Um, oh, I love her too, but I don't way think too much hate. Way too much hate. We'll get there. Though. But yeah, she, she I, yeah, but she's not as good. The Karen Allen, yeah, she's my favorite, like leading lady of any of these movies for sure. Um, and oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, there's so much I'll talk about. I probably should just the John Williams score. I cannot believe we haven't really talked about it yet because. It's every time I talk John Williams, I'm like, oh, he wrote another one of the best scores of all time. No big deal. Like he just keeps, you know, knocking out these scores. And that was what I was saying. I think I said earlier I, about like, even with the new one, I'm hesitant about it. But then I watch the trailer and as soon as they kick in 
the classic indie score it's like i'm good i'm like i'm back <laughs> like uh because that piece of music i mean the whole, all the scores go but that music his classic theme is like just incredible like it it the music elevates so much the movie i can't remember god it was like some little scene but it was like his scores underneath it i feel like it's it's um harrison ford talking to dan home elliott maybe about something it's like the music is kind of like just sounds exciting you're like oh let's go on an adventure it's like it's got this great feel of like we're going on an adventure i don't know it's it's so good um uh, yeah i mean i don't know if you guys i'm sure i agree but i i love that indie theme so much yeah it's like it's it's hard i i it's you wonder is it like john williams best score it's like probably this or jurassic park or star wars like it's just crazy how many how much his scores elevated the movies it's amazing da, 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 da. it's so good <laughs> so good it is good uh <laughs> it's also funny i know i said i didn't really that was another thing they talked about in the special feature I've, i think i've seen it before but how john williams had written two or two themes for the movie but spielberg said put them together and so it's like the first part of the theme and then the second part of the theme oh. but williams had originally wrote them separately and wanted him to choose which one he liked as the theme that's really like, cool use them both and john williams was like okay perfect <laughs> Man, that Spielberg uh, guy knew what he was doing. Genius helping genius <laughs> right there. He's kind of yeah. good at this whole like movie the, you know, thing. He had that separate mm, from mm -hmm. the the bigger, you know, opening. Right. Movies. That's that's really cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they do um, work. It's kind of weird. It's just that's what's so weird is like you would have no idea. Because they just go together. Like you would have no idea those were separate because they work so perfectly. It's also just <laughs> crazy that Williams didn't think about it. Like, right? <laughs> he just had to have that other person here and then be like, hey, put them together, buddy. He's like, you're right. Yeah. He's like, I should put the out. Like, I just love that he's like, I got these two scores. Like, just put them together. We'd get both of them. Um, I don't want to like say anything bad, but he did not win the Academy Award that year. You know, whatever. Was it on Golden Pond? It was on no, Golden sure Pond. Oh, oh, that is good. pretty. I that was at the that's time a, super iconic. Yeah, no score, and it's good. that's literally all I know about that movie is that scene where they're running and that score comes on. That's like the only thing I know about Chariots of Fire is that scene with that score. So, okay, sure. Uh, it's like that's yeah, that's fair enough. Um, they're doing totally different things. That's why I hate yeah. it too. Is like, how are you gonna compare those two? I mean, how are you completely different? Whatever. <laughs> I have an important um, question for you guys. Yes. So we're all Americans here, right? <laughs> Are we always overdressing for the wrong occasions? Because every time under, he says that, I'm like, do we? What's I think he I'm talking about? Underdressing for most occasions. <laughs> like yeah. short flops. Yeah, it was a different time. Wearing suits and it's like you're just wearing what, nice they clothes. They weren't in Germany? I don't know. I, I were... don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> a good question. He's the one with Ugh. his fancy little sword hanger thing. Sword. Hang oh my god! Coat. Yeah, what a <laughs> such a good touch gag. that is. Yeah, good, good <laughs> gag. Um, I will say really quick, just Ronald Lacey is tote. I still it's like every time I see him, like tote. Uh, he tote. has this face where you're just like you're a little sleaze ball. <laughs> like, I mean, He's so scary. Maybe a a likable, a lovable man in real life. Um, but he uh, he just is so like scary and like just 
has this look like he just looks slimy in this movie. He's like, like a he... Peter Lorre, like little monster yeah. man. We <laughs> are not thirsty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Remember, I, re- yeah, we, yeah, I just don't uh, like him. It's good. This is what happens. We we end up talking, and there's just so much we could talk about. Like we haven't even talked about Belloc really. Like we haven't talked about yeah so much of the movie. I I, <laughs> I, I just I, you know I don't know. <laughs> I mean, was, it, know what it, to do. was it in our group chat that somebody sent like Indiana Jones figures, and then like Daniel said oh, yeah, Belloc yeah, yeah. looked like a grandma or something? He did. He was in his little dress outfit, and it looked like he had like his hair piece looked like grandma hair and he just when i saw him at the end of the movie i was like he does he's got dressed like a grandma I was, I was like, he's got fancy oh, grandma his garb on. yeah his he's, garb uh I, i'm happy john reese davies coming back for the new one i was shocked he's still alive I, okay I, that yeah. sounds callous but i didn't, I didn't want to I say it either not i was shocked too because he seemed just older and this was 40 years ago i was like there's no way and he looks pretty good for a guy who's i think 80 yeah. uh like uh in yeah, I was shocked. I don't feel bad. I thought the same thing. I was like, he's alive. I was happy, but I just didn't know. Um, he's great too. Is solid. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Now we're going to take to where of like everything's great in Raiders, is it? You know, it's like this is great. Every... Hey. Okay, here's a question. I'm sure you hold guys on, know this on, story. Oh, go ahead, James. Harrison Ford, two years older. Ben Sala. John <laughs> oh wow, that's that's kind of you know kind of like how Sean Connor is what six years older than Harrison Ford. Yeah. Wow, so, interesting. That every time I hear that, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Um, it's like, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard that Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, obviously, I'm glad that didn't happen. But I wish Tom Selleck had more chances at movies like this because I mm-hmm. love Tom Selleck and he's so good in Quigley Down Under. So I'm glad he didn't get this, but uh, I wish he got something like it instead of Three Men and a Baby. But oh well, <laughs> which was the number one movie of that year, I believe, and is delightful. Yeah. And he was Pretty on fun a number movie. one TV show for like quite a while, but the TV show did keep him out of Indiana Jones. So I don't, I, I'm curious what he thinks about that because it's like he was on a very popular TV show for a long time, but it cost him this iconic role. I, I don't know, but I, I I was curious if you guys could even like see Tom Selleck as, or would you even want to see that in an alternate like reality of like oh, him as. Yeah, sure. he okay. totally could have done it. I think he would have done a good job. It's just, I think. Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones is in the running for maybe the best pairing of actor and character ever. Like it might be, it's like him. And then you've got Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca. There's very few that are like at that level, but I mean, Tom Selleck, I think he would have done a great job. Even so. Harrison Ford is on that list twice. Harrison <laughs> and Ford as Han, Han Solo. Solo. Yeah. Han sure. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. He, I was thinking about actors this have too. You know, like... He might be the greatest movie star of all time. Like he really might be bomb. Drop that bomb. <laughs> I thought you said mom, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I said bomb. Drop that bomb. Mom. Did he ever play a mom? No. Uh, like, uh, I mean, he he'd be in the conversation for sure. I I it's because even out, if you Han Solo and uh, Indiana Jones, those two alone, you're great. And then Jack Ryan stuff. I mean him being the president of Air Force One. <laughs> there's like, uh, there's all these other things he did. There's a great acting that he's done otherwise outside of like movie star roles. James is laughing really hard. Uh, I was thinking no, but... of Air Force One. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it, Air Force One. I think it's great. Oh, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> grew up on that movie. Love yeah. it. Uh, no, it's just... I'm going to say as a movie star, I feel no, like. No, I, I know. Yeah, I was... yeah. I'm and then he was just he was just recently in that Apple TV show Shrinking, which my wife and I binged because it's fantastic, and he's so good in it. So he's still doing great work. 
Well, okay. So it's funny because <laughs> I was going to say maybe, but I think the only thing that gets weird for me is where we start to, how do you define what is a movie star, right? Like, because I think everyone has different ideas of what constitutes a movie star. So like Harrison Ford to me never felt like one, I guess, because he didn't ever like, he wasn't ever out there. Like he never seemed to be that kind of putting himself out there in the public eye all the time. Like he was a movie star because he was great in everything he was in, but not by like, like he almost seems like to have the opposite personality of a movie star kind of. You know, right so, okay so yeah i can see what you're saying weird and like even on talk shows you know when he's interviewing he's he's, very that, grumpy he's just got a strange <laughs> yeah like attitude and stuff but but like his movies speak for themselves right but like him as a persona doesn't feel like tom cruise whereas maybe tom cruise has had different eras of movie stardom even and then he went away but now he's kind of like coming back into that, you know, like that's fair. Tom Cruise has had a bigger era of consistently being a giant movie star. Whereas Harrison Ford kind of left this kind of stuff and started doing a lot of thrillers and dramas and, yeah. and he's switched it up more. Whereas Tom Cruise has consistently kept himself like I'm a movie star, but even so I still think Harrison Ford's a better movie star. Another yeah. bomb mom <laughs> those it's funny because oh, yeah. you say tom cruise here support like those are two of the guys i'd put up as like if we're doing a, a competition of greatest movie stars yeah. those are two of the guys that go in it i don't know i i probably lean to harrison ford because of iconic characters i guess but i mean it's tom cruise done some really good acting too magnolia um born on the fourth of july i mean what um eyes wide shut like tropic using... thunder <laughs> It's great at Tropic Thunder. Um, Damn right. I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise seems he's out there more as like, I want to be a movie star. Harrison Ford almost seems like a reluctant movie movie star. star. Like, I don't. He has been also attached to very like, for lack of like nerdy fandom franchises, which I think is like not his deal. And that probably wears him down. And people are like Han Solo. And he's like, God damn it. Like, he's just like, you know. um, But he still came back two more times. He did. But he did say, someone asked him how that happened. They drove a garbage truck of money to my house or something. You know, it was like. (laughs) But he seems really invested in Force Awakens. I agree. He does seem invested for a guy that. And maybe he like plays up this grumpy man persona a little bit. I don't know. Like, sure. I don't know. Like, maybe. I think he probably does. Yeah, like, but he did. Yeah, he does seem invested in Force Awakens. Uh, I'm sure they did pay him a boatload of money, but um, he's, he's as he deserves. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, that last scene with him and Kylo Ren is like heartbreaking. So, oh, um, and then in the one in Rise of Skywalker too is oh, I cried. Yeah, so, good there so too. he seems I cried into for it a different for... reason. <laughs> oh no! Don't and we haven't even talked about Blade Runner too. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I'm not questioning whether or not he's been in some of the best movies of all time. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. I don't know. That's a whole we could do a whole other podcast about like greatest movie star tournament or something and like do a bracket or something. (laughs) um, That would be that'd be something Uh, that would probably be some fierce debate going um, between people. (laughs) That would for sure. I mean, I mean, just the fact Harrison Ford alone has Indiana Jones and Han Solo as two characters that he played is like who else has that you know what i mean like having having two characters like that little one character like that um is crazy so yeah no back to the tom Selleck thing like i'm so glad it's harrison ford but i agree with you i think i could see tom Selleck doing it like it's not one of those things where i can't even imagine it like um i'm trying to give an example off the top of my head uh this isn't the strongest example but like eric stoltz is like 
at Back to the Future. I That's can't see that. That's a good example. Yeah. I just, like, that does not work for me. Like, I, you know, but uh, Tom Selleck, Indiana Jones, I could see it. I'm glad it's Harrison Ford. Don't get me wrong. But there's a reality where I could see that being a possibility. Some people are casting like, how would that work? But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I know. Oh, I, I know <laughs> I've already named it, but in Quigley down under, it kind of is his opportunity to do it. And he does yeah. it really well. He is really good in that. Apparently I read, there was something Indiana Jones stuff. I was reading. He did a movie like in 83 and I'm blanking on the name right now. Like something about China. There's China's in the name and it's like his Indiana Jones take. And it's supposed to be kind of oh. good. I'll look it up. Um, I want to watch that. <laughs> uh, they said it's one of the better like Indiana Jones ripoffs. And apparently like late in the run on Magnum P.I., they did a whole episode that was like a spoof on Raiders called like Raiders of the Lost Art or something. He's in full <laughs> Indiana Jones get up. Uh, he looks right in the costume. Like it's, you know, it's like and he's doing the whole thing. Like, so, you know, I, I do wonder how much that burns him up that he didn't do it. But he had a great career otherwise. So. And he's still yeah, my man. mom and Steph's favorite show, Blue Blood. So, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite guest stars on Friends, you know, like, whatever. yeah, I loved him on Friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think part of also, you know, you're talking about Eric Stoltz and Back to the Future. We got to see a lot of footage of him. In That's that true. Role true. And that didn't feel like it worked. You know, like I would like to see some footage of like more footage. Yeah. Than just the yeah. Little screen test. Of, that was a, a different. Test case it's not like tom Selleck got fired off of indiana jones right we got to see <laughs> eric stoltz eric stoltz to me it always felt like he was trying so hard to play what michael j fox ended up just being yeah mm-hmm. it's like like, mm-hmm. like he was trying to act that way whereas michael j fox was just that way or it felt mm-hmm. that way you know like right I agree. That's a, that's very well said. That's what I felt too when I watched that. I'm like, he's trying real hard to capture what Michael J. Fox seems to do like effortlessly in that movie. Um, Which is weird because it was before Michael J. Fox. Was I can't in, see. Right? I rode to China. Is I rode to China. That was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody said that's like a decent like Indiana Jones kind of take. I rode to China. That's a 2.7 average <laughs> on Letterbox. Maybe. And well, 147 reviews. I wonder where I, I've done a couple things where I've read stuff and I'm like, whoever whoever the person was who vouched for it was like, it's pretty good. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. Or maybe there's like the one fan of high road to China. <laughs> it's got Wilford Brimley. That's all you need. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> more Brimley. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. I mean, what else say about Raiders of the Lost Ark? I feel like now at the point where I'm like, it's like the Chris Farley show on SNL. It's like, this is awesome. <laughs> Everything's awesome about this. Everything is awesome. Well, I mean, we keep talking about <laughs> awesome movies. It's, it's tough not to talk about how awesome they are. Uh, I, I just was going to say uh, I like the parallels, you know, like obviously between him and Belloc where they are two sides of the same coin, right? And which is explicit of... in dialogue, which kind of cracks me up. Right. I feel like yeah. so many film analysts like took that scene. They were like, I'm going to apply this to tons of movies and write essays about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like it works in this and it, it feels it just makes it even more. We keep talking about him being like real and flawed, right? Like and Belloc's making sure we don't forget that too and saying how close he is to just being on the other side of that you know like you're doing all the same stuff i'm doing just not in the same way and for the same people yeah yeah oh one thing i want to a little thing i want to mention that i laughed really hard today especially when they're in the snake pit here in allen and harrison ford and she like jumps on his back and the way <laughs> the way that she does it is so like 
chaotic. It's like a toddler jumping on your back. And it's like, I just, I don't know why it cracked me up so much that she just like, it's like, ah, like all over him. And he's just freaking out because he's in a snake pit. Another thing I love that they give him this phobia of, and they make the hero scared, deathly afraid of snakes. And he's always like confronted with snakes everywhere he goes. Um, Have a little backbone, will ya? <laughs> Such a great moment. So good. So good. <laughs> oh, speaking of that scene in the tomb, though, uh, you can talk about this when you do the Temple of Doom episode, too. Like, I, I on this watch, I guess because just recently Willie had gotten brought back up, you know, or someone was doing something about Willie again and her screaming and stuff. But I was noticing that, that in this scene for Marion, like, she's kind of doing that a lot in that tomb. She's screaming. A oh, lot. yeah. Like, it's pretty annoying. But, you know, in the same way that to me that the bug scene with Willie and like when she's getting kind of over reactive to all the creepy crawlies on her. But Marion's doing the same thing. And I don't I don't have a problem with either. I shouldn't have said it's annoying. It's not annoying to me. But I but I feel like it should be annoying to anyone who thinks it's annoying when <laughs> Willie's doing it. And yeah, uh, Temple Doom, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. That's I, I guess I mean. maybe those people think she's less like self-sufficient compared to Mary right. and like you're bringing uh, in all this other stuff that Marion's already stronger overall presence so you're not maybe noticing it that much but I think yeah. it's just fresh in my mind right now just I'd be I'd be screaming it. too I like I hate snakes I'm like right. That's what I'm like, yeah. like, <laughs> in both oh, cases I don't understand because who wouldn't be like I would be I, I mean, I'll yeah. take snakes all day over spiders throw me Same. in a snake pit do not throw me in a spider pit now give me Same. the spiders. As long oh, as not crazy, poisonous. No, that Temple yeah. of Doom stuff is way worse. All the bugs, like the insects. Oh yeah, for oh, that, that is, that's I mean, my that's, nightmare. Is that's the Temple of Doom too. one for sure? Yeah, I'll go in the rough. snake pit. That's fine. <laughs> that is I mean, rough. not you know voluntarily, but if I'm given the choice, if, if they're like, hey, we're gonna throw you in the snake pit or the spider pit, pick one. You're <laughs> like pit, throw baby. me in that snake pit. Oh yeah. Um. Have I might you, be able to use th- one as a rope to get out, you know? People have used snakes as ropes. <laughs> I'm going to see you. It's like a Looney Tunes. Like, you're tying up snakes to make a rope to get out. <laughs> okay. Like, you clearly haven't rewatched Crystal Skull recently enough to oh God. get the reference. I, I have they do use a snake as a rope in Crystal Wait. Skull. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I forgot. Oh, God. I'm going to have flashbacks <laughs> watching that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, have either one of you had a chance to see Raiders in a theater? Like, in a, rec- yes. a screening? Okay. Yeah, it was like the greatest thing in the world. No, it just I have plays not. like nothing else. I have not. I may go. This won't help anybody listening. I apologize because this episode is going to drop on June 5th. But I'm looking on IMDb. It looks like they're playing Raiders theatrically on uh, Sunday, June 4th, like at a bunch of theaters. Mm. So I think I have to go catch that because I was thinking a day I was like, really got to see this in a theater. Because I feel like a movie that begs to be seen, you know, in a theater on a big screen, like, um, and I wanted to watch it again, like as soon as it was over. I was like, "Can I watch Raiders again?" But um, it's so good. good. It's so so damn good. Uh, so I don't know what I'll say about it, guys. I, I didn't want to wrap us up too soon, but um, if anyone else has anything, James? No. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, I, did you say June? That's weird because that's almost like the release date that it came out was in June. But it's only like what? That's like an odd anniversary, forty-two years or something. I don't. Know. It could be a build-up to Dial Destiny. I did. Oh, yeah, look. Okay, they might sense. be. I, I got to look. Yeah, why There's... would somebody be doing anything with Raiders now? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, stupid movie theater. Uh... I already said I was a moron, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't got to pile it on. I've already Damn. bashed myself. Um, uh, I'm looking no. to see if the other ones are listed theatrically. They're not yet, but they might still. It could be a thing where they're playing them in theaters every week till Dial Destiny. I don't know. But... That would be really cool. 
Actually, that would be cool. I would go to all of them. The only one I've seen theatrically was Temple of Doom, which I've talked about a few times on different shows. But um, you didn't see Crystal Skull theatrically? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it barely registers. Okay. I was thinking the old ones I didn't catch originally okay. if I caught like a rep screening. I was just making so, sure. That's I uh, listen, Crystal Skull was a rough experience. I got in a heated <laughs> argument with a with a friend afterwards. It was probably the most Was it Ken? Movie. No, no, Ken. I didn't know Ken at the time. Oh, that's okay. a weird God. It came out in what 08, 09? Was it 08? 08. Oh God. This is like me and Ken don't feel that part of far apart in age, but then he talks about stuff like this where it's like he was still like in a school in like 2008 and I was like an adult out in the world and it's like <laughs> that feels like a bigger gulf because I was like yeah I think Ken and I are exactly the same age if I remember right. I think you are I think you are I think and you're are you June 93 mm-hmm. yeah he was December Jeez, 92 I got oh god is he December oh, okay. 93 I'll have to ask him because I'm blanking I feel bad I forgot but I know it's December <laughs> I know <laughs> even me just born like 87 which is like six years earlier but like now, but my when it, Ken talks about stuff when he was like in high school, and I'm like, oh my god, I was out in the world as like an adult, you know. It's like, or it's like, I'm like, oh, like that's when it feels like it's a like gigantic age gap. But um, you guys are born very close together, I know that. Um, but yeah, I didn't know him at the time. No, some other guy who I, I would still call a friend, but we're not close friends. But he, him, and his brother both like were getting very mad that I didn't like Crystal Skull, and they were like, what's wrong with it? Why is it so bad? I'm like. It's a piece of shit. Like, I was getting really upset. Like, we both were just yelling in the parking lot, basically, about, like, I was mad at Crystal Skull. They were like, just say why it's bad. Like, they wanted, like, my critique of it right on the spot. And I was like, I was, like, going through. <laughs> we were really getting into, like, a verbal argument. People were like, okay, guys, calm down. <laughs> I didn't want to get that heated about it. They kept, like, pushing me on it. I was like, I tried to leave it alone. I was like, because they went around. People asked me. I didn't volunteer. They were like, <laughs> they were like, what'd you, what'd you think? What'd you movie. think? And everyone. I was the only person, I think. Maybe one other guy was like, I didn't think it was very good. But I was like, yeah, I didn't think it was very good. And then they pushed me about it, like, well, what's not good about it? And then right. it kept escalating where it's like, oh, okay, you want me to lay into it? Well, here we go. <laughs> it was like, really? Uh, they were, it's, a, it's an adventure movie. It's supposed to be dumb. I'm like, no, it's like that. Oh, it was a whole thing. I'll probably end up telling that story. Don't in a like that. But so, yeah, it, it, was, it was very silly. It was the most, I can't remember ever being that heated about a movie right after seeing a group of people. that's a terrible experience to associate with it that's a shame yeah i mean i didn't like to begin with and then i just i tried sure. to be quiet i tried i i wouldn't no one asked me pointedly i would have been just went home been like cool but i just was like yeah you know it's not great and then they were like why like, give me your answer <laughs> this is the, i know even back then i was like the guy the movie friend and i feel like if you don't like a mainstream movie it's like the movie friend they're like Oh, what it's too good for you, fucking right. Roger Ebert. You know, it's like you're you're not good enough for you're, you know, you're too good for it, basically. Mm. It was like, okay, guys, come down. I like a lot I of became that stuff. guy at the family video I worked at. People would like not want my recommendations anymore. Because people at family video, they just want to be told to rent the new Will Ferrell movie. Right. That's right, all right. they want. You're like, why'd you yep. tell us to I can't even think of what you told them to go rent that they would hate? Because I feel like you don't have like I don't think of you having like indie um uh, what's the word? A pretentious taste. You just like older movies, but some people think liking older movies is pretentious. pretentious. I, well, I, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of like weirder indie movies that I like, and especially like when I worked at Family Video, you know. Okay. Um, I just have very diverse movie tastes. I like a lot of different things. And <laughs> yeah, most people yeah, yeah. Do not. They want the new Will Ferrell movie. Yes, that's yes. all they want. I was. I just think of you as the the classic movie guy. I know you have varied tastes, but I just was like, sure. imagine you're like, you guys should watch. A, I can't even think of a good art. We house didn't really movie. have a lot of real old movies of family videos, so that's not really an option. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I that would have been my kiss of death at a video store if I worked there. I've been 
recommending weird shit. People been like, why? Why you tell me to watch this? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, uh, it's probably a good thing I didn't work at a video store. <laughs> I would have been recommending the pest every week, you know. Oh God. <laughs> Here's our Spielberg section, and here's the pest, and that's all I care yeah. about. Yeah. Here's our 40 copies of the pest on VHS. Like, why do we have 40 copies? James ordered them all. Uh, <laughs> I'm still oh. not convinced the pest is a real movie. I'm still I, fairly saw certain it as James a child, and oh, it's real. You. It's very real. All right, I'm like 80% convinced now. It's real. Once I read reread the plot of the pest, I was like, that's what the pest is about? <laughs> is, it like, is it like a riff on the most dangerous game? Yes. <laughs> like, that's the guess that i, yeah, well, I did not that's I like forgot. the first half of it is that and then the second well i mean yeah and then the second half you're like i don't want to spoil like, it yeah you should watch it like you should i need to rewatch it because i think it. i watched it when i was like eight so uh yeah, it, i highly recommend it i mean if you like listen this is my my defense of it forever if you like john leguizamo at all you gotta love the best and if you don't problem don't watch the pest yeah i listen i, I james i'm putting it out in the world uh, one day i would do an episode of the show with you on the pest oh man we're not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> i'll just let you know that right now all right uh <laughs> i don't i don't know what we could say i don't, I don't think i don't know i don't know that that would be the best idea I mean, i've never seen a reaction it. like that i love That's the that. first time i think anyone on the show i've said like we should have episode. they just sat there and gone no, we're not going to do it. Uh, well, <laughs> not uh, not going to happen. It doesn't feel right. Uh, it's I, a little, little weird. All right. I can't explain why. I, I just, if I rewatch, I got to talk about so, the, the reason for me to rewatch it would be to talk to you about okay, okay, it. So, okay. Well, we don't have to. Okay. We, we can just talk on a Zoom call. We don't need to have a podcast. It's not okay, our friendship you know built what? on podcasts. You know I'll take that challenge. Okay. If you rewatch it, I will talk about it with you. I mean, wow, it you, could be one of those around real fast. This, you know. <laughs> Well, because you know, I, once I heard that he was going to maybe watch it, you thought okay. he, you thought you thought he was not going to rewatch it. <laughs> you think I was going to do the episode? <laughs> do <a> podcast on <laughs> it? No, well, uh, yeah, it? I, okay, that makes sense. See, I, dude, moron, <laughs> over and over. I feel like oh. I've been such an asshole to you on this podcast, no, James. Yeah, I swear, hey, I have not meant to. It, I like it. I'm into <laughs> it. One of us has to be. You know, last time uh, it was Matt. We have we've been pretty. <laughs> we've been pretty kind to him this time. Like. We only said a couple jaws. I mean, yeah, I'll take it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if we you do know, an episode, if we really do an episode of the past, it could be a short episode and we can put on a bunch of tangents. Yeah, maybe like a quickie review thing because it's just, it's such a strange, you know, like, I don't want to say, you know, it, it's real tough to say that it's not a good movie, but I love it. You know, it's, it, it is, it does fall into that territory where I can't really, you know, explain good movie right 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 you know one of those, those are tough but, but i do love it like uh you know i and i think it's very very funny <laughs> but is it good uh, quote unquote i don't know no not really probably not but i don't know i think it's got a lot of fun stuff in it and like you said it's a riff on the most dangerous game come on like one one day one day we can do this um so Anyway, Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> way <laughs> off this way to the pest from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Talk about. Uh, okay. I think so, it's my fault. It's fine. It's um, okay. This, this is what we, sh- we should do. But did, we didn't talk about, I know you talked about the boat, not liking the boat scene when you were young, but we didn't really talk about, I feel like some people have an issue with the boat segment whenever 
the Katanga's there and uh, they're on the boat and then they get, she gets taken and Indy hides and then he goes and he's on the sub and people are like, well, how does Indy, what? He like, they don't show him get into the sub, you know? So it's like, oh, I was wondering like, if they died, how is then he they gonna... just Right. He just appears and he's all wet. And I'm like, did he just hold his breath? You know, is he going underwater for this whole trip? I don't know. That's but another good question. Any theories? Movie license? Yeah, I, I assumed he had to have gotten into the sub before they dove under because then otherwise he'll die. So I yeah. assume somehow he got in. It's just interesting that they don't show him get in the sub. It's it just feels a like weird a how did Bruce Wayne get back to Gotham kind of situation. Right. Oh, yeah. Where I'm just like, like, I don't care, man. I don't, I don't care either. But it's just, it is interesting. Why not show him get in the sub? Because it seems like he's right there on the top. Just go down the hatch. Right. That's true. I mean, he's right there. Just show, <laughs> one second know. of film. I'm not telling Spielberg like we don't need that. Cut the fat off. <laughs> Look, um, if I were a director, I would shoot everything perfect the first time. And oh man, but see, this oh, is what I'm this is a, this is a deep cut film for reference, films. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Okay. Really quick. We did, oh, uh, he, he's a cool looking yeah. captain too. I like. I like his hat. Like he just looks like. Oh heck yeah. Uh, so, oh you know, yeah yeah. Got a turtleneck. Uh, yeah, turtlenecks these days. They should. That is nice. You know what I like? I feel like they maybe it's me reading. I feel like they set him up like he's gonna betray them. Because the way that they shoot uh you're talking about Katinka, right? We're talking about the Yes. Okay. I'll make sure we're talking about the person. That the first time you see him, he's like up in the front and he's like turned away. And it's all that's like the framing to me of someone who's about to betray somebody, where it's like, oh, don't worry, I trust in my life, he's gonna have to take care of you. And he's like, <laughs> but he's just smoking a cigarette, I think. <laughs> and then it's like on the boat, you you would think that might be the way it goes. He turns him over to Nazis, but he he doesn't. Which I was like, oh, that's I don't a nice... know if that guy is going to side with Nazis. This is true. I feel like he has reasons <laughs> not to. This is true, but you know, Maybe just saying the framing of all of it is like in any other movie, it'd be like this person will, you know, I mean, it's surprised not to even want to work with him, but it's all for money and you know who. Or whatever they're just using each other and like i feel like maybe that would be his way to get past the nazis almost is like i'll hand you over indiana jones if you don't fuck with me you know basically like we don't like each other obviously but here take this guy i don't care about him but they don't do that which i appreciate um okay last thing famous story of this movie that harrison ford and the whole crew got very sick with food poisoning mm-hmm. which is why we get the fantastic gag of, of the swordsman doing his whole thing and jones is like fuck this and just shoots him um for years, that was like gospel. But I think I don't want to blow anybody's minds again. Like the other thing earlier, that that was people disputed. That was a real story. Have you? Has anyone heard this disputed as not being real? Because I thought recently people were like, "Oh, they kind of made that up as it's a cool story." But I, I've always heard that was the real story. That they had food poisoning. He had food poisoning. He was really sick. He was like, "Hey, Stephen, can I just like shoot him?" And they had this whole thing mapped out. And he's like, "This would be easier." Um, I never heard disputed until recently in the past couple of years. Somebody was like, people Who were like, disputed just, it. Some yeah. random people on Twitter. Screw them. I've always heard that's the real story. I too. was just curious. Anybody else heard any, anything to the contrary that had better sources than my random people on Twitter. But, uh, you know, that's Twitter. I was just, but I, I love that story. That's that makes my it new great. go-to citation. Random people on Twitter. <laughs> random people. According Twitter. to sources. <laughs> random randos on Twitter. Uh, I love Matt just blowing our minds with these crazy things he's heard. Are you like a conspiracy theorist? Are you going down the Have you heard the that Rare's Lost Ark was secretly directed by Joel Schumacher? <laughs> According to random people on Twitter. Uh, uh, oh. No, I, yeah, I think it was that. Even in this 
the book I was reading today, it brought that up, like him and Spielberg just deciding to do that because he was so still sick. Yeah, and, and Spielberg being the smart guy who just ate out of like he ate canned food the whole time they were there because everyone else got food poisoning. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not taking that chance. Um, yep. Yeah, it sounded miserable to shoot over there. Like it was hot. Everyone was getting sick. It was like, um, but great movie. So it all worked out. Um, okay, I'm sorry to keep blowing your minds. I have no, I have no other facts to blow your minds with. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, anybody like have it. anything else on Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, I think Kelsey Norman from the Steve McQueen podcast would be upset if I didn't mention that another inspiration for the Indiana Jones name was the fantastic Steve McQueen Western Nevada Smith. Oh, that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Nevada Smith. Uh, no, I, there was, I had one little note here that I didn't, I just randomly saw uh, that I liked and noticed. Um, Belloc, you know, we're talking about their parallels. Um, I don't know if anyone else thinks this, or maybe I'm just reading my own into it, but like, whenever they encase them in their tomb mm-hmm. after they pull out the thing and he's like, maybe in a thousand years, you'll be worth something. He actually looks kind of sad to me whenever like totes like laughing maniacally and the Nazis are all glad they're in tune. He seems visibly still kind of like, almost like, Oh, that's kind of a bummer. I don't really like the way this is turning out. Like almost like he likes having Indy to be able to, he likes Went Indiana and Jones and especially Marion a lot more than he oh. likes the Nazis. Yes. Yeah, I got sure. that impression. Very, it's the money like, thing again. He's just doing it. He yeah. They're coworkers, money. but he doesn't like them. Yeah. Uh, you know, one giant aspect of this movie, I realize that we've ne- we have not addressed <laughs> at all. Uh, so the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> is real. And apparently <laughs> God is real. And if you look at his Ark of the Covenant, he will unleash ghosts and blow up your head and melt your face. And like, that's pretty crazy. And this movie takes a hard stance. And you it all, does. You're it's, seeing this the like, first time, you would not expect that. And that's pretty wild. It's like, this is real, man. Um, and those, yeah, that's that is a good point. Um, it's like it's real, it works, it all it's all true. Um and there are all these ghosts, and one of them flies to the yeah. screen like it's Ghostbusters. And I always forget yeah. that, and I'm like, oh funny that you that you mentioned that and James mentioned Ghostbusters ghost. earlier, that it's the same the guy who did the Ghostbuster effects did the effects on this movie. And I today I was thinking like Wow, these effects look like Ghostbusters to a T. Like the ghosts, the the beams of light kind of look like precursors to the, you know, like all the stuff in Ghostbusters. And I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Like three years earlier, try you know, like, well, that makes perfect sense now. But um, yeah, that's some crazy stuff. And yeah, you're right. It's like God's real. <laughs> yes, they're gonna covenant. You look at it, you will die. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a good point. Yeah. So well. Uh... We also didn't mention, speaking of that, you know, God <laughs> what else do we not mention? This, well, the line where I don't believe in magic and a lot of superstitious hocus pocus, that's basically the same thing he says as Han Solo. Oh, yeah. And it's also funny and that stuff. this takes place after <laughs> Temple of Doom, where he saw so much hocus pocus. Oh, so right. much spooky. He always sees hocus crazy pocus bullshit and never is wants real to it, yeah. in Temple of Doom. Wow, that's right. <laughs> he even questions stuff in Last Crusade after this like what like he still seems i don't know if this holy grail can be real what? at least in Funny. the dial of destiny trailer he has a line like i've seen a lot of crazy things or something but like i that. still don't yeah. believe him <laughs> about how hard you believe it he's like oh, he's man. like i'm still not convinced not until i see that stubborn. dial of destiny <laughs> well, yeah, do you guys crazy. have any theories on what the dial of destiny is 
I feel like I might be cheating because I feel like I thought I heard someone talk about it recently, kind of describe what it was that it was like. Oh, okay. Oh my god, I'm blanking now. It was like Is it time uh, travel? That's I feel my like theory. it might have been something like that, that it could like turn time or yes. Yeah, so I, I think so. And that's I think that's why we're gonna get CGI young Harrison Ford. It's like the dial turns back time and then Harrison Ford's like, oh my gosh, I'm young again. And that's the one aspect of the movie that I'm nervous about is CGI people. Oh yeah. I just thought those were flashbacks, Ooh. but you may be onto something about the whole time thing. It's mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of just speaking of CGI people, I rewatched Rogue <laughs> One recently for the was it Star Wars Day, you know, and all that. Yeah. And that stuff is rough. I love Rogue One, but man, yeah. that is that is a tough sell on the Yeah. Um, I, I, I have such a hard time paying so attention much. to the dialogue in those scenes because I can't stop yeah. looking at the mannequin deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot. Like yeah. they really went for it. They were like, you know what? No, I'm doing it. <laughs> He's not dead. Bring back to him. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. That was a choice. Yeah. It's uh that was the most distracting stuff in that movie. But otherwise I agree, I like it too, but that stuff's kind of like just completely yeah. steals the focus. It really it, it does hurt it a lot because to me I'm like into it a lot. And then that happens anytime that comes up, you know, he's on there. I'm like, Yeah. And the technology has gotten a lot better. But I don't care. I still don't want CGI people yeah. in movies. Is right. it that hard? To I find don't want actors, AI is... writing movies either. Oh, God. yeah, yeah. Fuck all of this. <laughs> I don't yeah. want any of that. It's not good. Um, I is it so hard to find actors who just look like these people? Wait, Sebastian stupid... Stan is right there. He can play Luke Skywalker. He's in your Disney Playhouse. <laughs> just do it. Even the guy they got to stand in for Luke Skywalker just looked like Mark Hamill, but then they CGI Mark Hamill's face on top of his face. But like we couldn't figure out like when he walks in dressed like Luke. With his lightsaber, like, we, how dumb do they think we are? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I know this is crazy, and they will never do it because it's so ingrained <laughs> in us. But I have the Jack Ryan collection right here. Guess what? There's multiple people playing Jack Ryan. Harrison Ford's one of them. Wait, what? Alec Baldwin's one of them. Like, you can change the people who play them. It's okay. I know they won't do it. I know yeah. they won't do it because in our minds, those are the people. But right, <laughs> I, I, I guess it is the reason. I just think it's like people know that that person is older or passed away in some cases so it's like just i don't know it, is it is it better to cgi someone's face onto a different actor anyway because it's going to be a different actor like in some cases or like it is cgi yeah it's weird it's like i don't know it's very I, weird know. but also like i mean holy crap brain fart um <laughs> well i would say like imagine if they just if the technology existed back then and all james bond movies were cgi sean connery like oh God. <laughs> how much we would yeah. lose if they had that mindset yeah. back then and how much yes. are we going to lose by having that mindset now exactly and that that that's kind of what i meant was like uh, we just talked about you could have indiana jones without indiana jones do we always maybe Take 10 more minutes and think, do we need these characters to do anything in these movies as much as we think we do? Right. Like, right. I'm not saying that we can't have stories with these characters anymore, but like, do we need them to be in it as much as they are? Maybe not. Or like maybe in the shadows, anything like just to sit down and think it over before you make this, you know, oh, it's going to be uh, half of the movie, you know, 30 minutes of dead guy on screen CGI. Cool. No, like that's not cool, man. Uh, Someone should have told them that's not cool, man. Amen. They and had a guy play Tarkin at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Like, just get that guy. Oh yeah, It'll be fine. <laughs> they recasted Mon Mothma. She's amazing. Yeah, but, whatever. Know, man. 
yeah the fact that they just have access to this stuff now is like similar looking it's person like, it's like, too. Mean, like and it's like oh cool okay i can suspend <laughs> my disbelief because you got a different actor oh i don't know how movies are made sorry <laughs> I mean, if speaking of guys, Lucas and Spielberg, like they've gone back and tinkered with stuff because they can now. Back in that they couldn't when they first making the movies, they couldn't do certain things. Like Lucas worse than Spielberg. But uh, did you guys know the story that apparently I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it is. This is another conspiracy theory. I swear that <laughs> South Park did a whole episode sure. where they made fun of Lucas and Spielberg going back and like redoing things in their movies. But I think specifically the whole ET guns thing, walkie-talkies thing, it just happened and like. They made fun of, they spoofed the whole thing. And like Spielberg apparently saw that South Park episode and like wrote them a letter and was like, I like you guys. That was a funny episode. And like kind of joke, like he took it in stride. And then he had plans to go back and change stuff in Raiders, like touch stuff up. And he just didn't do it. Oh, so, thank God. <laughs> so thank they, they, God. South Park may have stopped him from fucking with Raiders of the Lost Ark too much. <laughs> like, was that, oh. was that in that? Because wasn't there just a recently an article where Spielberg was talking about how he regretted even changing it the first time. Yeah, I think he was. And he changed the, the movies need the to guns. exist the way they are, and like, yeah, that's just the way it is. They're signs <laughs> of their times, for better or worse. Don't mess with them. Let them be what they are, like cultural points in time. Yeah, which is how they should stay. Even if there's things in them we don't like or agree with, it's like, well, just you know, you could see how it was, and then we can go from there. You know, right. it's like we don't need to touch, especially like little stuff. I don't know why. Like Lucas changes the stuff he he adds like CGI creatures. Why? Like why? It's like in background shots of like the first Star Wars. Why did you always dream oh, for that to be there? Like that stuff's just bizarre I to think me. He did. I, I guess. That dude's yeah. Wild. It's like <laughs> George Lucas. He's a wild man. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just happy Spielberg to go back and like mess with Raiders. Someone like they were saying like there's really small things he touched up like. Um, the shot when like Indy falls into the pit and he's face to face that Cobra. Apparently, in older versions, you could see the there's a glass between him and the snake, and you could see it more clearly. Like little stuff like that, he went back and like uh, touched up. I, so you can't see, see. That's fine. That, I, I but I still like that stuff. Okay, like, even like at the end of in like this one, Raiders. You know, like you can tell they're miniatures when they're all laying there and the fire is going after the arc. Oh, yeah. Like okay, because that's what they <laughs> built. like. That's cool, man. That's that's movies. That's how you do it. Like I want to see that. I don't want to them to take out all those miniatures and then now they got little cg dead bodies over here. Like, yeah oh <laughs> fire it's <laughs> weird sorry it's getting late huh no it's fine um but uh, we probably should wrap up because it is getting late for everybody now um although i'm still very awake somehow i don't know how i'm always awake at 11 30 night on monday but um i'm all amped now, up man I'm, I'm all jazzed up talking about raiders <laughs> like um let's go like Daniel, raid some temples guys let's Daniel's steal some artifacts out. from some ancient cultures crack it let's do it okay. let's go stick them in a weird museum in a me. box <laughs> then Killmonger's gonna come after us for it it'll be fine yeah hold on i want to do 40 minutes about conspiracy theories you guys are about chemtrails no it's like it's start going about like random conspiracy theories like forget about Indiana jones i got all the stuff to talk about jfk oh i just need to go it? to my mother-in-law's facebook i'm, I'm sure there's <laughs> lots posted oh yeah oh god no i'm kidding i uh but yeah it's late we should wrap up uh so i well, think we all agree raiders is pretty great yeah, people <laughs> should check it out i recommend yeah. it guys you Daniel should really says, get on this check it out you know? yeah and then check out like hypnotic if you have time after good movie <laughs> wait what no 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 <laughs> doesn't it seem like a lifetime ago when we were talking about hypnotic it does feel like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a long time ago i saw and that was two days ago so uh 
you know, that's the power. Maybe I was hypnotized. <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I, I guess we can we can wrap up now. So, okay, uh, James, do you want to plug anything? Podcast you're going to be on, possibly anytime soon. Uh, I don't. I don't think oh? so. I don't think okay. there are any actually. I think this might be it, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Retiring. <laughs> I'm hanging so... up my hat. <laughs> I don't watch movies anymore. I've been playing Zelda, man. I've been video gaming. Oh man, like I just yeah. That Zelda's a time consumer. My my best friend's been playing it, and it's like all he's been doing. It's all he talks about. It it's is like... okay. So it's a, it's a good. It's like the Terrence Malick of video games for me. Uh, like in a vibe his own like. I hate like I'm normal. I don't hate. I shouldn't use the word hate. That's too strong a word. I'm not a huge fan of like open world exploration stuff. So Zelda seems like it'd be, or the new ones anyway, would be way off my radar, but I love it. Like, and it's the only one where I don't mind just roaming and just no. doing whatever comes to me. Whereas usually I hate that. And again, I use that word. Hey, I got something. doing that. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> just, uh-huh. you know, I'm not, a you just like to like, go you know, like point. Do the missions, mission. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just played horizon. Forbidden West finished it up and I was like, you know, I was just streamlining the main goals. Like I was like, eh, I'm not into this as much as I was a person, which I loved. Sorry, we got in the video game talk. Daniel's like, what is going on here? I love what that it turned happening? into like James plugging the new Zelda game. Like James is here, like, guys, check out Tears of the Kingdom. It's yeah, when, when people like, talk about video games, my brain floats away. Just so. off. Well, I don't know listen. what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> you like Terrence Malik? You will love Tears of the Kingdom. No, I'm just kidding. I oh, have but, uh... never seen a Terrence Malik movie, actually. Yeah. In here, oh, I've only okay. seen Badlands, I'm pretty sure. So, okay, <laughs> oh my god, what is going on? Like, double whammy? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, it's not like I have any room to talk. Daniel's seen 18,000 1930s movies that I've never even heard of. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's weird to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You've uh, seen more than both of us, I'm pretty sure, like for yeah, certain, yeah. but um, yeah, I'll get on that hey. at some point. I'll tell you, it does feel really good. I think, like, you know, I hit, like, 40, COVID was going on, and I was like, life's too short. I gotta stop fretting about all these movies I haven't seen, because it was becoming, like, a problem. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, I wasn't enjoying movies as much. You know, And that, that's why I'm not so crazy. Like, I'm not actually so upset about me not finding my groove right now. I'm just letting it happen. Because, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna, like, force it. If I'm not... That's the worst thing we could possibly do, I think, is, like, force myself to just watch movies just because i have to watch movies mm-hmm. you know like that's weird you're not gonna get <laughs> yeah yeah well, i don't when i'm in the mood to like watch a movie well no i know i know but like i had started kind of feeling that way like right you know with my watch list like i was like, oh i want to watch this i gotta catch up with that i gotta do that you know like hearing all these and you know that's part of just kind of like hearing y'all talk about how much you love something makes me want to experience it too Right, you know, yeah. right. So that's like the, the problem of like listening to all these great <laughs> podcasts, you know, with y'all and like and every everyone's recommendations. It's like I can't keep up. We're that's like true. movie drug dealers over here. Right. It's like it's not that's that how I felt listening to stuff before I started podcast. Good sellers. <laughs> now I'm like, part of the problem is hosting a podcast. Like because I would just be writing stuff down from all these podcasts. Like I got to watch this. Um. I, so I get it. I get it. Um. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Uh. <laughs> James just like Tears go play Kingdom, Zelda. Man. Go play yeah. Zelda. It's chill. Like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm just like zoning <laughs> out, just like running around doing nothing basically. And like that sounds horrible, but it's amazing. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not it, a good salesman. <laughs> I don't know. You sold it. I thought you sold it pretty well. Uh Daniel, do you want to plug anything? 
It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I assume this is coming out the first Monday in June. So first Monday in June. Tomorrow, yeah. uh, Cobwebs Podcast is kicking off our Master Carpenter series. So I'm going to be talking to Keith Rich about uh, Dark Star and it, the and its uh, influence 2001: A Space Odyssey. So uh, check us out for that. Yeah, I'm very excited for that series of stars. Okay, I'm, now see, you're talking to me now because see, you're going to be covering a lot of stuff I've already seen, so I won't feel like. Gotta catch up on this movie. Don't talk about <laughs> anything you've watched. Only the movies <laughs> you're talking about. Go, I think on. on yeah, Daniel show they usually just focus on what they're talking about. Don't yeah. do the what have you seen lately? This is the yeah. problem. Where I'm like, watch this and watch that. We're like, hey, go watch Air James. You didn't see Air with like us. Like you know, yeah. come on, get on it. Just dropped two no, days ago. <laughs> that's a personal problem that I like. I said. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. I feel like if something drops like the past weekend i haven't seen it i'm like oh jesus christ i'm so behind um but it's really not it's not but i know i hate saying oh i finally caught up finally caught up with a movie that came out two weeks ago week. what am i talking about <laughs> yes um what's wrong with us i i don't know it's it's a sickness um anyway but uh thank you guys for doing this it's a lot of fun um and uh yeah next week we'll be back with temple of doom i will leave the guests as a surprise multiple guests it should be fun um you both should be back later on in this series so i was I gonna think... say i said i wasn't just, i was hanging up my podcast yet. sorry matt <laughs> i was like you're gonna be back right I'll be back. Um, you're like i'm done um and <laughs> yeah bad. yeah you'll be back so we could talk I'll more be back with my buddy matt he's my my podcasting buddy Appreciate it. I'm not um, sure where that was going, but we landed on Buddy. So he's my podcasting friend. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, he introduced uh, me to it. I feel like I have a special bond with Matt now. Like I he brought me on for my first ever. So it's. Like, I mean, I I feel the chemistry. Sometimes you know, I feel like I need to look away or something. Turn off the mic. Off oh. the charts. Uh, you know, I'm we'll, super we'll, tired right now. I don't know what I'm saying. We will know, we gotta, figure I, out I, a system to let you know when you need to avert your eyes. Daniel, even though I, I feel like you're an hour behind me, I feel like I need to get this done for Daniel to go to bed. <laughs> like, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So you can follow the podcast on uh, Twitter at Film Feast Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Maple87. Uh, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. Uh, and yes, we're we'll back next week for Temple of Doom. So we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. 